Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 88, and we're recording this on Tuesday, June 14th, 2016. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today is my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven. Hey, Joe. Happy E3 day. Happy E3, the most E3-est time of the year. Yeah, except for Nintendo's take yep. on it. Because they were the least E3 of E3 this year. It is true. We'll get into that. But uh, we have a uh, a bevy of bows with us today. Star-studded lineup, I would say. Uh, but we have we have a double guest action going on. Um, first up, we have uh, Chris BG99, known as Chris. Hi, everybody. Been a while since I've been on here. Yeah, welcome back. Now. Welcome back. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Welcome. And uh, we also have the old man from Zelda, known as Lou. Hooray! I like I'm back in the Zelda game. I know. Yeah, that's Spoiler what you were excited. You were featured in the in the uh, demo. That's right. Also, I think this is my third year in a row doing the uh, E3 podcast. Well, we appreciate that. Nice. These are I'm, special I'm not episodes. The, I'm not the official keeper of records, but uh, I'll I'll leave that to you to figure that out later. Does this make you the official Negative World E3 correspondent, though? I would love to do that. Can I get some credentials? Hmm. We can can I go next year? Up. Does this mean I'm going? I'm going to E3 next year? You guys are the best. <laughs> and, yeah, next year Nintendo won't even show up. Right. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, obviously, Nintendo has had an interesting showcase this year, and we'll get into that a little bit. Um or a lot of it, kind of the whole show is about this. But uh, for the listeners out there, what we're planning to do with this episode, we're going to structure it in a manner of uh, starting with Pokemon Sun and Moon, which I know not everyone's happy about that, but uh, we're going to put it in front of Zelda to, just like they did today. And we're going to just get that Boo. out of the way. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wait. Nope. I mean, yay! Pokemon. Okay, don't talk about the boos. We'll get to the amiibo in a second, okay? Uh, ah. That's right. So we'll talk about Zelda afterwards. Uh, Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, I believe, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Beautiful title. We'll get to that, too. Uh, We'll take a short break after that, and um, might be the end of the show. Who knows? We probably could talk about Zelda the entire couple of hours here. But we do want to come back afterwards, talk about some assorted Nintendo news, and then touch upon some non-Tendo stuff, uh, mainly because I, I watch so much of it, I feel like talking about it. So... Shall we begin, guys? Let's shall. Okay. So let's start with Pokemon. <laughs> I speak for all of them. Well, I, I know everyone's uh, desire to talk about this, so <laughs> you kind of do speak for everyone. That's so, true. Um, so Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, you know, I've got my notes here, uh, if I can pull them up, but I'm also going to end up making a, a lot of noise if I do so. So pardon me to the listeners, but I took a ton of notes for E3. And, uh, uh, Joe. Yes. Let's start off with you. Your, your negative world, uh, negative world in general, but also this podcast, uh, pretty much number one pokey, uh, fanatic. So what, what did you take away from this? Very little. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- this will probably only take a few minutes, I think. But, um, my takeaways are it was nice that we got to see the, the uh, sort of generic, uh, mammal type, you know, the, like the the normal type, little 
the woodland mongoose. creature. Yeah, I think it was young goose or something like that. Or yeah, young yeah young goose young, young goose yeah. Uh, so you know that'll be the Rattata Badoof of this generation. It, it looks like, the, the, and then the we Badoof also, of this generation. Yeah, man, Badoof for life. Um, and then we also got to see the uh, the Pidgey of this generation as well. Kikapak, something like that. It's a little woodpecker, little woodpecker deal. He looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both good. Um, you know, I think it's kind of an interesting choice that the the little uh, young goose is like all angry as all heck. Because usually, you know, although I guess Rattata kind of looks like that, but I feel like usually they're sort of like unimposing, like they're very like, you know, just kind of cute and they don't really look like they could really start anything and you're just supposed to like kind of ease into your journey by by fighting these little non-threatening guys and then that guy's just like a maniac but according to the people they're uh demoing it that creature is pissed off because it's hungry or something yes so that's kind of random and funny it is and it kind of i think someone said it on the panel but uh it's like well just let's get it some food like i feel bad for that guy now he's driven to madness by hunger that's not very pleasant, but um, but yeah. So uh, so yeah, those guys look fine. You know, we'll we'll see what they evolve into. Probably won't evolve into anything all that crazy because that's not that's not the the trend for those. Um, but uh, they look fine. I'm glad that we got to see them a little bit. I wasn't really sure if we if we were going to see stuff like that today. Um, we also see that uh, Pokemon from previous generations are going to be in this one. Uh, you know, there's the Ladybug that that they encountered right off the bat. Yeah, Lebia or um, something. Yeah, Caterpie. So, Pichu. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote them down. Pichu. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for always <laughs> taking very good notes so that the rest of us don't have to. Mm. Um, and I'd say as far as as far as the the gameplay mechanics, the only thing that really stood out to me is that it seems like you can get a lot of information about the moves and things like that during battle. Um, so that's going to be nice. I had a friend comment saying, you know, this is going to really make it easier to get into Pokemon either after a long absence or for her, she's actually never played any of them before. And she was like, oh, maybe I can jump in if this one's, you know, more sort of um, user friendly in terms of like not being able to remember, you know, the thousands of moves and type effectiveness and you know what they do and well, there's like a like help that, menu so. at any time you know like a help button yeah. And, yeah. and and i guess after the first i thought this was kind of neat to be honest with you even though i, I don't have a hard time remembering what moves are super effective because the names kind of give away a lot of the stuff but especially in certain matchups like i always forget fighting versus flying which one's weak against which one and right. after you first encounter a creature uh, just encountering it, I believe you don't have to actually capture it. But after that, you actually it'll show you which moves are strong or weak against it when you uh, fight it the next time. Right. So yeah. those kind of natural hints are kind of nice. It's it's Pokemon's version of that uh, question mark block that Mario used to give you, where you sure. can get your uh, super power up or whatever. Right. And I think that like with the. Uh popularity of like nuzlocke challenges now i feel like the longtime fans are kind of making their own way to make the game difficult because i could see some people just feeling like oh my god why not just beat the game for us nintendo you know like it's just so like how much more uh 
low do you want to make that barrier of entry into this already easy franchise? But I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it is. I think they did need to do something to combat the fact that there's, you know, these hundreds of hundreds of Pokemon. It's just impossible to keep it all straight. So many, so many moves. I think it's a fine idea, even for people who have been playing the series for a while. So You're probably right. And as someone who um, who has been trying to get them to change and seeing how they're not changing in many ways, yeah. I guess in a way I do appreciate the efforts to streamline the experience and lessen the amount of time I have to go to Cerebi.net or use sure. an app on my phone to remember what Pokemon's good against what, yeah. that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, no kidding. I don't know if you remember, but... Uh, in by generation five, I actually used my low-level coding talents to write my own effectiveness calculator for all of the. I think there was like five hundred Pokemon at the time, and uh, so that way I could just, especially if I was battling online, I could just type in the first couple letters of each of my opponent's Pokemon and see all their pros and cons, and wow. you know, probably. But I, you know, my point is probably shouldn't have to come to that right so it's it's pretty neat that they've that they're kind of doing that work for you now yeah you know one other way that they're kind of taking this into that direction for making it easier for you to play it thoroughly i would say is how they're going to emphasize the catch them all experience which you don't need any help with but when you capture pokemon they're going to show you question mark you know question marks in the evolution chain to show that you're missing these ones yeah. And there's all these little things that they're peppering through to kind of keep people engaged. And I I, yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty smart move. Um, the only other thing that I, I that really stood out to me is um, the Battle Royale function. Uh, do, do you do you remember that part? Did you take any notes about that? Oh, Anything yeah. That, yeah, yeah, it's the, so. the four-player battle mode. Right. Um. So you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's each each person for themselves. Four players. I don't. Did they say is it up to four players or does it require four players? They did not it's mention like it that. Might require. Yeah. I don't know if like a computer would step in. I don't see why like you that. couldn't do three. That would make sense too. Right. But two, and obviously you're just back to normal Pokemon right. mode. So. Yeah. Um. Up to three Pokemon. Uh. For each player. And at first, when I saw it, you know, I'm not much of a battler really but um at first i thought it was kind of neat because what i was hoping was it would be like a last person standing kind of thing uh and you know there'd be all these strategies as far as like you know are people going to team up to take out the strongest opponent or what but the way that they described it and i'm not sure if this is the only way to play it but this is certainly what they're touting is the main way is once one person gets totally defeated the battle ends for everyone, and then they just tally up whoever had the most KOs versus knocked out Pokemon. Um, so yeah, I don't. I just. I guess that seems weird to me. That's probably just so someone doesn't get knocked out, and then there's ten more minutes of gameplay while they're sitting Standing there around. I guess I can understand that, but it would be nice to change the rules. Maybe you can. Who knows? Right. The whole thing kind of sounds like how can we make pokemon kind of like smash brothers a little bit you know like that's sort of what it reminded me of like mm. four per four people each person for themselves and it's ko's versus losses maybe final basically. destination is a battle arena <laughs> <laughs> right right um 
so that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I've, uh, th- those were my only, the only things that really majorly stood out to me. All the rest, you know, it's just nice window dressing. It's it's going to be a fun game. I've probably said this on the podcast many times, but I'm holding out for online co-op. That's what I really want to see out of this game. Um, and, you know, still haven't gotten confirmation either way whether that will be a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say online co-op, I just mean, you know, two people versus computer in a battle, not like co-op throughout the entirety of the campaign. Sure. Like that. Right. So that's really it for my impressions on what we saw today. Were there any other things that you had notes on that you wanted to I'll mention unbike? something really quick and then we'll go to, uh, to Lou and Chris. But uh, I did take a note here. It says battling looks a lot like normal, comma, kind of disappointed. So, mm. Like we discussed before, it's more about me changing, not the game, I think, is my problem. So, it does look like it's a fun game, just like all Pokemon games do. And I do appreciate all the efforts they're going to make the character not move on a grid and to feel more organic. It feels more like a living world, a living, breathing world. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the animations and the, the designs of the characters really are going a step beyond. The music is beautiful, as we just learned through the euphonic, how each generation's kind of gotten better with that. And it sounds great now. Right. The the thing that I did appreciate, and I, I'm hoping the game is peppered with these little touches that might make me feel better about playing it, is like when you're walking near a trainer who's one that's going <laughs> to do a random battle, it actually puts a vignette yeah. and kind of hides the tension and gives you a chance to A, back away, and B, right. if you do engage, it kind of grabs you better. And that's pretty neat. So that's such right. a small touch that's pointless in the grand scope of things, but I think if there's a lot of that in the game, despite the typical you know, Pokemon action, I think I'll enjoy it more. And yeah. I'm hoping the storyline actually is better too. They haven't really given away a lot of that. Yeah. But no, we don't know anything really. I don't think. They're emphasizing the location so much and all these kind of NPC interactions and the mysterious person who follows you around that girl, but she doesn't actually play or well, not play. She doesn't actually train Pokemon or anything. Stuff like that. I'm very intrigued. I, I will admit so, this is. Yeah. I'm probably going to be really disappointed come December when I've beaten it and it was just the same old thing, but I'm hopeful. That's and that's probably just, you know, I'm just going to stay hopeful. That's I'm going to be there. I'm going to be that guy. Cool. So, I'm keeping my Pokemon Sun pre order that I already have. I'm going to leave it there. Good man. So, uh, so Lou, you, you had a, something quick you wanted to say. Uh, yeah. So, at 1220, I wrote, Jesus Christ, still Pokemon. <laughs> at twelve forty one, I wrote, "Why is it still Pokemon?" <laughs> and then I wrote, "This is how Nintendo dies." <laughs> but in all seriousness, it looked pretty neat. But just Pokemon is just not my thing. Yeah, I'm still holding out for a console version of the handheld type game, which will hey, probably never happen. So I'll never play it. So you would that like would that? Cool. I would love to see it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And Chris. Pokemon is just not that interesting to me. <laughs> I mean, it looks like every other Pokemon that I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure they've added some new stuff, streamlined it or whatever, but it's like, uh, I'm just yeah, going to skip it. <laughs> these, these are not wrong uh, assessments. You guys really. are, are good guests to have because I'm not the most pessimistic on the show about Pokemon right now. <laughs> I'm not even pessimistic about Pokemon. It's, just, it's like it's... Yeah just there never really grabbed my attention ever yeah well and if it hasn't yet it's not going to 
Right. Do not right. take That's the strides to do it. There's certainly, you know, I it would probably if we got like whatever Pokemon game that they're going to release in 2070, maybe by then there would be enough changes to like bring someone who's not currently interested in. But the way that they move so incrementally small and slow with these changes over time yeah if you if you're not if you haven't been grabbed by the series yet it's just this wasn't going to do it certainly wasn't going to do it so so those reactions make perfect sense to me sure and with that i can take my notes and (laughs) we can can move on take that recorded knowledge (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's move forward I think it's uh, we've spent 15 minutes on this, so I say let's move <laughs> forward to... Do you think, think people are taking notes saying, 15 minutes, why are they still talking about Pokemon? <laughs> I hope someone's writing down time code <laughs> to this episode and, and complaining about it. Please this is how negative old podcast that is. Share your negative show notes with us on our uh, website. There's going to be a thread about the episode, and go do it. So let's talk about Zelda. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. Uh, I, I have that today. That was today. Oh man! I wish I we turned could... it off after Pokemon ended. I just thought <laughs> the trailer did happen beforehand. Slick. Oh, so you <laughs> doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, frankly, with this. There's so many things to comment on, and uh, I've got a huge page of notes, and it's just random kind of stream of consciousness thoughts based on the the demo and the trailer and stuff. But I think we can start off by the phrase, Open your eyes. Which is what the voice actress was chanting uh, to Link when that first part of the the video showed off. And um, that's... It wasn't until they showed it a second time that I realized, hey, this is voice acting in a Zelda game. I mean, it's it's not like a cutscene. It was more like in-game. I think there could be more to this than just that intro. I don't know if you guys feel that so. way. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, so that was one of many changes to the core Zelda series. I mean, this this is really being shaken up. I mean, I, I kind of you. thought that there was rumors that there was going to be like full voice acting for everyone except for Link, and that certainly did not come to to pass, right? Because anytime, like you know, when the character was talking to uh, say the old man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was that was still just text on the screen, right? There was no voice acting. Along I mean, it could with just that, be right? since the demo version, they haven't got all that stuff okay. completed yet. That's right. possible. I mean, this is Nintendo. Yeah, they They're more we're concerned about the actual game than the right. presentation things that most other companies worry about first. True. I mean, it very well could be that they have plans to do every main character, and then if they can get around to that, you know, like the old man sitting on the stump. You know, I, I guess I don't know how many NPCs and people you're going to come across in this world. Maybe it's right, really yeah. insurmountable to try that, uh, all right. the voice recording. But I do hope that there's more than, than just what we heard, the open your eyes. Well, they have confirmed there are, there are villages and stuff, so you'll probably you'll be meeting more characters. Yeah. Well... I'm glad. Did they say that during the show? Or uh, was that beforehand? I think they said something about, it, but they just don't have them in the actual uh, in the actual demos yeah. and stuff because they don't want to 
you know, they just want people to explore and stuff. They don't want to accidentally reveal storyline. Right, right. Well, because, okay, so that's good to hear, because not that I was down on it for this fact, but I was surprised that there was just so much open land and that was it. And after seeing some of the things from, like, Microsoft and uh, Sony, it just kind of felt like they were almost copying one of their games as opposed to, you know, maybe keeping it a little more Zelda. But uh, that's good to hear. So the open landscape probably is a good place to start. How do you guys feel about the fact that our mostly linear Zeldas are pretty much out the window? Oh. It really depends on how they they do it. If they, I'm hoping for you know still actual real dungeons because those are those are my favorite parts of Zelda games. Mm-hmm. And the only problem I had with you know a, a link between worlds was that the fact that the more open-ended nature of the game kind of took away some of the personality of dungeons. Sure. I'm kind of worried about that in a game like this, where it's going to be more, you know, you collect stuff, but you might not have it when you get to that dungeon, so you might have to work around, like, there's a central mechanic rather than a mechanic of the game in introducing the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope not. I prefer, I've always liked just like, yes, hookshots, you got a hookshot in this dungeon. So a hookshot is going to be very important to that dungeon. Right. Well, they, they've, there's a rumor. They didn't, as far as I saw, there was no confirmation of it today that there's four main temples or dungeons. And then they did mention though that there are like a hundred plus of those small little things for you to discover. And I don't know much about them. I, I did not see that part of the recording. So I only kind of caught wind on Twitter and, and the rumor itself. But it sounds like maybe there are going to be typical dungeons, but just not very many of them. Yeah, one of them said there will be. that. You know, They said there will be uh, dungeons in the classic sense that fans are used to. Now, what she, what she meant by that exactly, I don't know, but, but she did say that. Maybe, I mean, maybe it'll be like the original for the NES, where the weapon you find in the dungeon is kind of a key... Uh, part of that dungeon, but maybe, or maybe the next dungeon, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe there is a linearity still to the dungeons that you get through. Uh, they could still block that off to where you might come across a dungeon, but you can't enter it until you've beaten one, you know, the first dungeon ahead of it. I was just going to say, you can't access a dungeon until you get, you know, the weapon inside the first dungeon, which allows you to go into the next one and so forth. Right. Yeah, and in the past, really, they've kind of made that weapon part of the dungeon itself. But if they do it like that, where it's the key to the next dungeon, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of puts you back in line. I, I like the idea. There, Go ahead. I was just going to say, there might be the added fun of having to find the first dungeon, just like you had to do in the original Legend of Zelda. You oh, don't yeah. know where it is. No one's going to point out where it is. Just go explore and have fun. Yeah. I definitely get that sense, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that. that part yeah, it'll be fun to stumble upon the dungeon if you if that so happens. I remember that's how it happened with the original. I mean, when I was like, what? Zelda came out '87 yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I was like five playing it, having no idea what I was doing. So I ran across the first dungeon. I was like, okay, there you go. And even that wasn't a direct shot. You know what I mean? You no, just had to zigzag your way to it. Yeah, I mean you, you know, you're a kid. You don't know what the what you're doing, so you wander, kill things, find a dungeon, and 
you get something and you fight a boss and you go on. And you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm the kind of player that when I come across like a bunch of hard enemies in an area, I instead of trying to back away and find a different place to go, I usually just try to skirt by them and ignore them, which then gets <laughs> yeah. you deeper into you know your problem. But if I was to play the original <laughs> Zelda today, and I because that's one of the ways they kind of push you towards the north or the northeast where that first dungeon is, is because they have the kind of more crazy moving enemies and and the harder enemies, especially as you branch out to the uh, west and east and so if I played it today, I'd be just running past them and hoping I didn't get killed, and then I'd find myself in more more shit. And uh, maybe that maybe that's going to be part of the experience here in some some manner. I guess I don't know what kind of challenges or challenge differences we're going to see in the enemies so far uh, in that open world. I mean, could it be like uh, I saw a lot of people comparing it to like Xenoblade Chronicles X, where you could kind of range out a bit. But then you're liable to get yourself get ahead handed to you. Oh yeah, you just hope easily. You hope you can yeah. get to like a warp spot or a save point somewhere over there to make your life easier. Yeah, or hide from a creature. But they're doing a lot of things uh, to change how you do fight as well. I mean, one one of the major things that they showed off was the fact that you can your, your weapon system. Uh, not only do you have breakable weapons, but you can use a pot lid as your shield. You can grab a tree branch and fight with that if that's all you got. You can take items again, like from Wind Waker. Um, so you have all this aspect. And then also someone mentioned that you can sneak up on enemies at night when they're sleeping and kind of take them by surprise. And that seems to make them a little bit easier to battle. I mean, there's so many dynamic things going on that it's pretty exciting. Is that just for when they're sleeping? Or can there be... Did you get the sense there could be stealth aspects to other more... You know, more frequently throughout the game. I, th- I think that's going to happen. In the trailer, they show you sneaking up on a horse, on a wild horse, and riding it. That was an opponent. Right. So I think sneaking up on things is going to be commonplace. Because that little, that little icon that shows how much noise you're making, you know, that seems to be there all the time. So that says to me it's a pretty integral part of the experience. This is probably immature of me, but I wonder if Link just randomly farts. You know, and then it like <laughs> can spook your enemy or something. That'd be kind of funny and realistic, right? Um, it can't be any uh, less intended than your average Metal Gear Solid soldier. So yeah, it'd be like the banana in a Smash Bros. Brawl or the slipping mechanic. You know, now you can just trip randomly. So it's like that, but for Zelda. You should not, um, not a hit. Bring no. that up to Onuma. If you ever well, I don't because isn't it that they if they hear something then they don't want to use the fan idea, so I'm not going to tell them. Oh, okay. I'm just going <laughs> to hope it happens. I'm frankly just kind of interested in you know setting up traps and stuff and rolling boulders on yeah on various vocal oh, yeah. bins and stuff. The emphasis on physics based puzzles is fantastic. I love that kind of stuff. So maybe maybe you can use all your different weapons in, in a manner that allows you to do stuff like that. Lighting the, the grass on fire, which takes kind of lighting a bush on fire and a pass up is kind of a, on a more elaborate track. Rolling the, the boulder, like you said. Oh, and I, sorry, um, I don't know if you guys saw this in, I think it was in later footage or the demo on the floor, but there's one point where there's this little lantern hanging in, in a window of a cave. And if you if you shoot it with the the arrow, which is through the eye of the cave or whatever, it falls and blows up in there. You don't even see it really happen, but you just see smoke and fire blast out of all the 
orifices of the, of the building. And then obviously you can enter it after that. So there's a lot of things set up, I think, in that manner. Cool. Yeah, I think yeah. there should be a lot to um, to just play with. You know, I mean, uh, certainly you saw them during the demo. A lot of them didn't really seem to work, but they were trying to set up all these kind of cute little, uh, what is Rube Goldbergian kind of like, like Bill Trin was trying to like set some sticks on fire next to each other that were going to ignite a, a barrel that was going to explode or something like that. And Yeah, and he blew himself up. Yeah, he sure did. Oh, Bill. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think definitely this is going to be a world where you can just kind of like play around and 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 get lost in it and and have fun doing that and doing the exploring as opposed to just trying to get to the next destination or the next thing that looks like it might have a heart piece or or whatever. Well, yeah, and speaking of heart pieces, are those even are they around anymore? Because now you get your energy not from cutting the grass and getting hearts, but you get your energy from cooking food and finding food. Correct. So, unless they're little, little hearts. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> you should be that for Halloween. I think I might have to be now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't catch that from any of the treehouse stuff. Mm. Yeah, uh, we don't really know since we're not really seeing. They probably don't even have a lot of that stuff in the demo, just collecting heart pieces and stuff. Yeah, if they are there, I mean, I can't imagine they won't be. Did you guys see a rupee meter of any kind? No, because obviously, if there's no hearts, there may not be rupees coming out of the grass either. Because they're really shooting for like a realism uh, of of a level that we've never really seen before, and so I wonder how you handle that as well. Steal things. It could be interesting. Yeah. Rupees and paying for things in Zelda have never really been a fun part of the experience for me. Usually for me, it's um, either real early in the game and you can't afford the two or three things you can buy. And then very quickly, you max out on rupees and they become totally useless and you end up wasting a lot of the ones that you find along the way. And then maybe 70% of the way through the game, there's one other kind of big thing to buy. And like, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that, it, if that has been other people's experiences, but uh, I know that's been mine. So if they, if they, yeah, if they, if they shake that up in some way or toss it out entirely um, and replace it with something else, uh, that, that would probably be fine with me. Maybe a quest system. Where someone will give you something if you go get them something from the land. All right. A foraging system of some kind. Or or like Lou said, you know, just stealing stuff. <laughs> hey, that would be... I would... That would be awesome. They should, then you rename Thief. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I was just going to say, they should bring back that guy. That shopkeeper. That'd be horrible, shopkeeper. but that'd be kind of funny if... Yeah, from Link's Awakening. If you stole from uh, the oh. one shop... Then uh, your name on your game file would change the thief, and he'd also try to kill you. Whoa! Oh, yeah, he'd murder your ass. Yeah, like with, a, with like an electric bolt or something, right? Yeah. So that was uh, Nintendo teaching less life lessons back in the day. That is pretty hilarious. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I've done it before because I just wanted to see if it was you know if I could pull it off. But the NPC in that game, he like follows you, but he lags. 
So if you time it right, you can make them look one direction and then run out with the item because you can pick up items in that game when you're uh, shopping. Cool. So it's pretty funny. We'll have to see what kind of you know what kind of interactions are in villages and stuff. I gotta imagine if there's actual villages, there's probably some sort of money system. Right. Yeah, maybe you don't necessarily quest for items to trade. Maybe you do quests in some way to just earn money. You know, as a bounty, and then you use that on whatever you want. Ooh, or, maybe, or maybe everyone's got piggy banks shaped like jars, and you do smash them and take it. Yes, smash well, all they, the jars. They did show you could smash jars still, so that's good. <laughs> Why don't they just call it Legend of Zelda Jar Smasher? Oh, mini game. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure there's some mini games like that in there. Not Zelda though, mini games. So very true. Overall. From what we've seen, there's definitely a change of pace. I mean, now I've never played games like Skyrim. I know a little bit about the premises and, and the way that those games are played. Maybe this is really harking a lot, or harkening, whatever the word is, you know, uh, referencing a lot from games like Skyrim. Is that, in your experience, is that true? Or is Nintendo really doing something a little bit different than even that we've seen elsewhere? I gotta That's imagine it probably point. won't be as in-depth as maybe an Elder Scrolls game can be. I mean, I don't really like the Elder Scrolls games, so yeah. I don't know that much, but I know that they're kind of complicated. they got a lot of, you know, they're, they do have complicated economies and all that kind of crap. And you can Luke? actually affect things. <laughs> Lou, were you saying something? I was going to say, it looks like it. I've never played uh, Skyrim or anything, but... It looks to be similar to that fashion, although, just like Chris said, maybe not as in-depth with all the economy and weapon-making and all that customization. Yeah. Although, we, we haven't seen everything yet. We don't know. Yeah, we do know that you can customize your outfit, and that's why we haven't seen Link in the Green, because uh, you probably do get that at some point. But you can choose your shirt separately from your shorts. You can... Yep. Uh, you know, when you have, like, whatever weapon you've got at the time, that's what you wear on your back. Same thing with your shield. Um, and actually, Joe had mentioned the um, the one meter a few moments ago, the noise meter. There's also a temperature gauge. And if Link gets too cold, that's one way that they're kind of forcing you to not just run around in the cold areas before you get certain items. You actually need to uh, wear a certain kind of uh, clothing to keep yourself warm or use a potion of oh. some kind. That might be a gatekeeper to a, a dungeon. Yeah, absolutely. And the crazier thing, not just a gatekeeper to the to the dungeon, but uh, ev uh, elevation matters. So if you're farther away from sea level, it gets colder up there. So that pre helps prevent you from climbing too high before you you really progress. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, I think that's pretty novel. Yeah, most games the characters just kind of shrug off the temperature, no matter what the situation. So yeah, and. Maybe we'll see, like, pocket fans and stuff in the hot areas, because they did say that uh, this is going to be a, a big technology-focused Zelda game that we haven't really seen before, where you're going to not be so stuck in the old days of, like, medieval times and just rely on simple swords and stuff, but there's going to be a lot of actual, almost electronic technology, like we've seen with that creature that's now an amiibo, just, just almost like a robot shooting lasers and stuff, which... Uh, I mean, we've seen like a Beemos, you know, we've seen enemies that do that sort of thing, but to integrate it into the land a bit in the world is kind of exciting, I think. It's new territory. 
Yeah, they did introduce a lot of that in uh, Skyward Sword, the, the ancient technology trope, which I wasn't always that fond of, mm-hmm. since it's so overdone, like every other RPG we ever played has ancient technology stuff. So I really got to wonder what where this game takes place in the line now, because... Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, the complicated Zelda timeline is... I've got it... I've got it pulled up in front of me, and it it makes sense from just the character standpoint. Well, actually, no, I, I guess it doesn't because I was going to say we, we've seen well, we've seen the the Koroks or the Kokoroks or whatever they're called. Yeah. So that would mm-hmm. instantly make you think this is Wind Waker timeline, you know, which is according to Nintendo of the of the triple split timeline. This is when the hero is successful in the adult era after Ganondorf is sealed, you know. So uh, of course he's revived and stuff, and Hyrule gets you know what it's coming to it, but. Um, there is a gap in their timeline where between Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, it says new continent discovered. This probably is as big as a continent. Maybe this is part of that or just me, you know, correlating evidence that doesn't correlate. But, uh, but then again, those, um, those blob things, I forget what they're called. The blob blobs. Uh, oh yeah. The chews. That's what they're up there. Yeah. yeah. So the chews, those show up in, uh, in some form more or less in Majora's Mask, which is a different timeline. They show the up. Jews have been around forever. Yeah, and they yeah they show up in uh, I think a link to the past actually is and and Link's Awakening have versions of them too, don't they? Yeah, the things that yep. electrocute you when you when you hit them with your sword. Right. Some of them and the other ones split into multiple ones and. So that enemy doesn't tell us anything, but I guess the Koroks, the Kokoroks. I should have looked up what that actually is, but those Korok. Korok. Okay, so the Koroks. They uh, they would probably shoo it into the Wind Waker Phantom Hourglass Spirit Tracks timeline if if they had to do that, but we don't really know. And do you guys have any other thoughts on this? I spend very little time uh, thinking about Zelda timelines. Honestly, I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> it's way too complicated. <laughs> I don't believe it's in the Zelda timeline. I said it. Yeah, there. It's not true. It's all uh. it's all lies. Really? Even the one published by Nintendo. Where's your Zelda goddess now? I don't know. <laughs> There's so many At of the them. beginning of the timeline, dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, whatever. You can... Well, someone else had mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was like on IGN's feed, or I, I was trying to get some sort of feed today, and I was kind of bouncing around, but uh, someone mentioned that Link is in like a resurrection chamber in the beginning of the the game. Uh, the, the stuff they showed today in that demo right after they showed the Pokemon stuff, I guess that's the beginning of the game. Like they, they emphasize that there's really no backstory to give you. You wake up in a, in a cave, you walk out because a voice told you to, and then you just jump off the cliff and there you are. You're in the world. You got to kind of figure out what you got to do. You run into the old man, you take his apple, that kind of stuff. So if you're in a resurrection chamber and that's the start of your game, Maybe it's the link is defeated. You know, that whole bullshit timeline that doesn't really make sense. That's like the worst of them all, but there's a ton of games in that timeline, quote unquote. So maybe this relates to that in some way. And, uh, you know, you can do all the other sorts of correlation. The The timeline says that the last games, the first uh, Legend of Zelda and Adventure of Link are the era of decline. They kept emphasizing that Hyrule is in a state of decline and uh, de- degradation in the demo. So... I don't know. Or maybe 
he's in all three timelines at once, and he brings it back together, and then they release a new one, and it comes back together. Wouldn't that and be? The Flash comes in, causes <laughs> everything to change. Yep. So confused. Maybe that chamber just produces links, and every time you die in the game, it kicks oh God. out and makes a new one. <laughs> it's like freaking uh, every clone movie you ever heard of. Yeah. yeah. That's not that far off, though. That's interesting. <laughs> Seriously, what if, like, Kepora Gebora, the owl, drags your dead body back to the cave, and then drops okay. you off on, the, on that stone bed, and then there you go. There you go. I think it'll be funny, though. I can't wait for Nintendo to try to shoehorn it, it into their timeline. It's going to happen at some point. They're gonna- yeah, Here's my only hope. Story, yeah. If they do that, which I, I would think that eventually they would, uh, I just can just please let's not keep going back and saying it's the first one. Right? Just put it somewhere, anywhere else but like the very beginning. Because I feel like you know, like Oak Green of Time, they're like, this is the first one, and then Skyward Sword, no, this is the first one. And How about even, even a link to the reboot? past? Even a link to the past was the first one. In well, yeah, of the three games when it came out, it was. Let's see. So, according to the timeline that Nintendo has put out there, Legend of Zelda was the first one, obviously because it was the first game they released. Adventure of Link was a true sequel, but then yeah, Link to the Past was then before that. And then Link's Awakening, that was kind of simultaneous release. Uh, that does come after Link to the Past. But then after that was Ocarina of Time, which did predate Link to the Past, so you're right. And then Majora's Mask, so then it had a sequel. Twilight Princess, though, that came afterwards. Uh, Wind Waker, so I guess at that point it kind of breaks down. But then after Ocarina of Time, Minish Cap was before that, and then before that was Skyward Sword. So I guess they are going backwards, you're right. They just do it a lot. I mean, well, they do it every time. Do I think that Skyward Sword was a fantastic origin story. For the whole myth, so I think mm. I don't. I don't see them doing that anymore. I would hope not. Yeah, I don't. I think they've, you know, gone through that territory. Yeah. So well, they did mention Ganon. I think they did mention Ganon or something like that in it. So okay. ta- they said something about Ganon being in the game. So apparently, it is. It's, re- so it's good. Post Skyward Sword, something like that. <laughs> I couldn't find it, but I know I heard. They said something about a Ganon involvement. Maybe it's just a canon, and they just the stream screwed up, and you heard a G instead of a, <laughs> no, no, a C. No. Multiple people on the Negative World message board mentioned that Ganon was mentioned. Hmm. I think they're all just... Yeah, I'm not uh, crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was bummed. You know, so I was, I was catching this... Uh, I was working, of course, but I was, you know, I had it on the side, you know, and obviously I couldn't uh, not have it streaming when I was working. And uh, and then somebody, it was not really that important of a meeting, but man, they scheduled it right in the middle of it. I was like debating if I should skip it or not and that sort of thing. But <laughs> So I, I did end up going, and that's why I missed a big chunk of the, the stream. So I didn't hear Ganon. I pretty much watched from the, the intro to the Apple incident with the old man, and then uh, Bill Trennan... The demo quit on him, and then that's when I stopped <laughs> recording. That was pretty priceless. You know, I had yeah. I, I had the screen hidden because I was looking at like an email or something, and I heard him say something, and I was like, oh, "Did he just show something he wasn't supposed to see?" So I backed it up, went too far, like watched the whole minute of it again, and was like, "Oh, just the demo stopped." <laughs> I was bummed. At that point, I was like, "Yeah, let's turn this off. I got to go to my meeting." So, uh, what else do we got here? 
You know, uh, this was a subtle thing. I don't think they really talked about it much. But at one point, Link's roaming around and it kind of shows like a, a location, kind of fade. The name fades on the screen, and it's a Temple of Time. Yep. Which there's cool. definitely a building that looked like the Temple of Time. Yeah, and it was all in disarray and everything. Yep. There was a bow and arrow in it. Really? Yeah. He like just where he got the bow and arrow. Oh, you know, I saw that he had. It. I didn't see where he grabbed it, but uh, not to go to the timeline stuff, but. It did resemble like a dried out Temple of Time from Wind Waker. So, maybe. But maybe not. I don't know. This whole New Continent discovered stuff, I like it. But, although it wouldn't be New Continent if it was Hyrule, because we know this is Hyrule. It's just not like it's a new land that. It's not like Termina, you know? Uh, what else? In general, I, I guess I just want to double down on the fact that this organic world is really... I mean, there's so much life in this. I think the fact they did have this big reveal and they felt that they could dedicate a whole day to it is actually somewhat justified. I don't know about if I you agree. guys agree. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a different way to do it. I mean, they, you know, most people, they just kind of show us a whole lot of storyline elements already. and They're right. just kind of letting it people discover a bit you know and in a way doesn't that work because a lot of these let's play videos on, on youtube now that's all it is right it's just people commenting i mean nintendo almost pioneered that which i'm sure a lot of people would hate me for saying that because there's some contention between nintendo and let's play video people but uh the tree houses have been around for a few years and they really are a big hit i think they're they're rather successful events I would have loved to have a real event from Nintendo today, a Nintendo Direct, or, or them just showing up at the show for an hour, but this uh, certainly didn't let me down. Yeah, it was, it's kind of you know fun watching a lot of, like, just getting a whole lot of in-depth information so, so they don't have to, like, spend, you know, the hour trying to cram in as much stuff as possible into it. They can kind of take their time and show us what they want to show us. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like quite a bit is when Game Explain does their analysis videos of the trailers and things like that. And they're just pulling stuff out of their ass half the time. You know, a lot of it is just them presuming things. But it's still fun to nitpick and, like, just drag information where... I think Nintendo intentionally is trying to tell us things in these trailers because they want this hype and they want the discussion. So a Treehouse event where they just kind of play it like this, especially for a game that Zelda can, uh, apparently is, it's like a really long version of that from the people itself. So I, I, I liked it a lot. My love of the Treehouse Live is well documented. Yeah, so that's true. I hope I hope they do it every year. Um, you know, I can't imagine what would make this get old because I think you know what, what's so great is that they don't try to like. You can tell they don't have like pre-written jokes that they're going to try to make like. You know, Giant like, enemy crash. Right. Like, Bill Trinan <laughs> blew himself up by accident, and there wasn't someone waiting to say, like, what an explosive game or something stupid. <laughs> you know, like, yes. All the, all the awkwardness and, and stiltedness is entirely natural. And <laughs> right, right. I think, I think yeah. Weird Al Yankovic needs to be sitting in the wings for every treehouse so he can just yell puns like that. Because he'd come up with them <laughs> quick enough. It's true. You could probably do that, Stephen. I'm, I, I probably would have said that if I seen that. <laughs> yep. Or, but I mean that that doesn't even capture what what I'm saying. Like usually there'd be some sort of like whatever 
whatever the latest meme is or something, someone would be would be ready to go yeah. with that little one liner and I'm just so glad they don't do anything like that. Like I would I would rather take the the awkwardness and some of the little missteps over the kind of overly sterile rehearsed thing that, that that we usually get from from the days of the the the, the um E three presentations of, of old, you know. So. Right. So is there anything else that stood out to you guys with Zelda? Because uh, I, I like how they kind of did the bombs. You, apparently, you can like get different shapes for them to, for different things. Yes. Oh, explain this to me. I didn't see this at all. I, I, I was kind of half paying attention, but apparently, like there's square bombs and as yep. well as regular square bombs. And apparently, you don't have like a bomb bag. You have right. materializing ba- bombs, like you like right. a cool down period between bombs. Hmm. Now, do you use like web or materials when you craft them, so to speak? Or I kind of missed when they got the bombs, but it didn't look like they were being made. They're they're like energy, okay, rather than you know, a, you know, a physical thing necessarily. Yeah. So you get a weapon that allows you to craft the bombs or uh, make energy sh- weapons, yeah. basically. It's and an then, upgrade to your Sheikah slate. Right, your little yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the thingy tablet. that looked like a yeah, the iPad, Wii oh. iPad, yeah, yeah. Your iPad, you're attached to it twenty four seven, just like cell phones. Yeah, it looks like that's your new, uh, that's your new helper buddy. Well, yeah. hey, but it doesn't speak to you, does it? That's gonna help a lot of people out because it would people... be cool if we like heard Zelda's voice through that. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. And maybe it could happen. I, I, there were some people on Twitter last night who were really fearful that we were going to discover some really annoying friend that's going to follow you around, uh, like a you know tattle or Navi or whatever. Right. And so, so we haven't seen that. And I think eh, we might not. I don't know. I think that they're going to find different ways to do it because I think they're really going for this realistic. You know, you're kind of plopped on this you know, planet, this continent, this country or whatever. And you just kind of have to fend for yourself and to have someone kind of telling you where to go. Hey, listen, you know, someone will say that I'm sure somewhere in the dialogue, but otherwise I don't think we're going to have someone nagging us all the time. That goes against what it seems like they're trying to do. Unfortunately for if in that case, there are like ways to pin your, pin your, your destination. So if you're, you know, you, you want to find you find a place, but you want to go do something else. You can put a uh, what's the word I'm looking marker? for? Like a pin yeah, pin. like a marker. Pin. So you can find you can find it easily again. Link joins Pinterest. Confirmed. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you could do that in um, the DS Zelda's, couldn't you? To some degree, mark up the map and stuff. You can mark up like the uh, in dungeon maps, I believe. Okay. But this one, since the overworld's so huge, you could maybe find yourself unequipped for a certain area, go and get lost, and not be able to find it unless you, you know, pin it again, pin it, and have a way to find it again. Yeah. Waypoint. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like uh, a heavy emphasis. Most overworld games I've played generally do something like that. I know, like, the Batman Arkham's, Arkham games did that, you know, where you kind of can set a place to to find 
a area so you're not just fruitlessly searching. Yeah. So, go ahead. I got. I got to imagine it's a pretty use, useful thing in most any overworld over you know open world games like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they want this to be fun, not frustrating. Uh, I think it'd be actually a benefit to the original Zelda if you could have marked your own map because a lot of people did that sort of thing, just on right. paper or something. So if you could have grabbed like, uh, I don't know, just a Game Boy, could have hooked it up with a Game Boy cable or something to your NES and done that, maybe it would have been a hit. <laughs> Buying the cable, the Game Boy, <laughs> the special cartridge that supports the software that allows you to do it. Having That's four friends. Oh, I know. They wouldn't do um, things like that. I like that you can use little icons on the map. That's something that uh, I really wish that was in. You know, I've been playing uh, Twilight Princess HD and uh, just finished that up and went back to Wind Waker HD. And there's a lot of times where you know you, you'll discover something and be like, "Oh, I I know what to do here, but I know that I don't have this item yet," or something like that. And I would love to be able to mark. You know, just put something, even a question mark or something like that, letting me know to come back here later. So, because inevitably, what I have to do is by the end of the game, when I have everything and I've forgotten about that specific location, I end up kind of having to revisit the whole world and then stumble upon it. So, um, it's really cool that I have these icons this time around so that when you see all these things on your exploration, you know, whether or not you are able to really interact with them at that moment, you can give yourself some sort of reminder via that icon and then come back to it later when you're when you're prepared or ready mm-hmm. good idea so this might be exactly what you're talking about but i i saw during some of the treehouse stuff or maybe it was uh, on the on the show floor demo but there was like an icon of like a monster looking face or like a creature face mm-hmm. those weren't naturally part of the little corner map that was actually something that someone put there like can you choose so you can choose like different types of icons for different types of of things right yeah out of is it like a pool of emojis more or less? That's what it looked like. Because that's pretty cool. I do appreciate that too. So you're not just getting a bunch of blue dots. And you don't remember what this blue dot meant and that blue dot meant, right? Or use, using the wablet, you can actually write on it and make a note. Can you? Well, I'm just saying that could be a possibility. Yeah, I mean well, that would be that would be nice. Ideally, if you why not held it down, you could move it or delete it. If you could tap it, then a little window would open up, and yeah, you could write or something. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. So if you're listening, Nintendo, and you haven't put that in there, <laughs> put it in there for the love of God. Come on. Good idea. It is a very good idea. Huh. Uh, what else? There's just so many things. The jump button. I put an exclamation point uh, next to my notes there. How have we not discussed jump button? Oh, yeah. So the jump button... Well, I don't want this game anymore. <laughs> yeah. The jump button, I think... It's easy to shrug it off as like, who gives a crap? Because you could jump in other Zelda games. You just had to be contextually around. Or you had the other rock's feather and you could jump whenever you wanted in uh, like Link's Awakening and stuff. But I think in a 3D Zelda, to jump freely, that's going to open up a whole lot of gameplay opportunities. For one, like, uh, you know, those, um, are they Padobos or something uh, in Mario? Those um, fire, like, ropes or whatever? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, you know, something like that kind of swinging around on the ground, Link can jump over it freely. I mean, you have just more more action in terms of that, but also... Like a skip it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like like a Hylian skip it. 
That'd be a cool weapon. A skip it made a fire. <laughs> skip it made a fire. Uh, but to do to do that, and then just to make it so you don't have to have a contextual button to jump wherever you want and start climbing. That's another huge thing, and that's clearly why they did it. I think to a make right. tra- traverse in the world a little bit more organic, but also to stop with the you have to be exactly lined up with this part of the wall to climb it. You can just right. do whatever you want. You yep. can climb pretty much anything in the game. Yeah, I can't believe how like everything he's like it's like Spider Man. I mean, he can just just climb anything, which yeah, is that's hard. I don't. You gotta be really strong to do that, anyway. I, I, you yeah. know, I was gonna comment. He doesn't look nearly as buff as he should be for his upper body strength to match that of what he's done. It's well, true. does any small boy look that strong when they're climbing up trees? <laughs> no, Fair that's point. true. It but, is. It, I. It, it is really cool though because it, it. It's always kind of baffled and somewhat entertained me how, like, in all of these video games, right? It's like this character will have this amazing power and capability, but then there'll be like a two foot ridge that they can't get over. <laughs> you know, it's like, like it does just doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's pretty cool in this game that like, you know, if you want to get to the top of a, of a little cliff to do something, you know, if you really were hell bent on saving the world, you would try to climb that cliff. So there you go. Pretty cool. Jeez, you're right. Links Although, a- Go ahead. I was going to start a hashtag, bring back the roll. <laughs> doesn't seem like uh, he knows how to roll. He can jump, but he can't roll. Well, Andy looks like he can dash, right? So maybe that replaces the yeah. s- this ridiculous rolling all the way across the hey. world because it's a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, he, when he's hit by one of the enemies in one of the parts of the demo... He actually like falls and he kind of twists his body in a way that you actually would naturally if you were to be hit from that angle, and then he kind of like curls over to to bring himself up. So it's not a roll, but it certainly is like a more realistic uh, animation for taking hits. Twist. Yeah. You notice that after the explosion. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Maybe there's a roll in here. Maybe they just don't want to spoil it. Maybe it's like a big. Maybe there's a roll weapon. Looks yeah. like a Metroid ball. Oh, man. But the jumping thing, man, I mean, that plus the climbing is just stunning. I mean, the verticality of this game is going to be really exciting. I didn't really thought about how horizontal Zelda games really are. I mean, the 2D ones you kind of just let slide. They do some couple of things with the different layers sometimes, uh, like Link Between the Worlds did, obviously. But Ocarina of Time, if you think about that, it really is very flat. And if you go up anywhere, you have to take a ramp you know, with painted stairs on it. And then you're only going up a certain height and then you're just kind of flat again. It's just even Skyward Sword, I guess was slightly better than that, but you had to fly up to everything. You couldn't just climb You know, it wasn't part of the level almost. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty stoked to see where this is all going to go. You know, I was kind of wondering about that in terms of, we saw a lot of gliding down from like really huge heights. Um, do you think that we will have a hard time getting back up? Like, is it going to have to be warp points to get back? I, I know you can climb, but some of those look like it would take an hour to climb back up, and certainly your stamina gauge would would run out before that. So do you think it's just going to be a matter of, like, don't 
jump down unless you know of a warp point to get back, or 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 is it going to be annoying sometimes? And, and what do you think about that? There's got to be some sort of mechanic because as much as they want you to traverse the world, I don't think they want you to rehash the world unless you want to. So even even in Wind Waker, when you you know took the sails and you went from island to island, you eventually could go back to at least certain areas. So maybe. Kind of like Xenoblade, maybe there's going to be certain kinds of war points, or maybe you can set your own, which would really be the best way. So, okay, yeah. What do you What do you other guys think? I got to figure I if sure they're going so. for open world and climbing, it'd probably be possible to get back, and probably neat. You probably have to get high just to get to certain places, right? So far, and so seems to be the whole point of it. Plus, if you want to traverse quickly, I guess maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, there's some sort of like uh item or accessory that allows you to climb faster later on, who knows. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that this time around, like I thought Skyward Sword had some pretty interesting items. Um like that beetle thing still blows my mind. I wish that would come back. Probably won't. But um I I am hoping that they sort of take this opportunity to make some really new and creative items and it looks like mm-hmm. even from what we've seen today like that magnet thing uh that looks like there's a lot of fun potential in that um but that's just me I mean, what did you guys think does that look like something that's going to be cool or does it look like kind of a one-trick pony that you're going to get tired of or what well we'll see i mean depends on how they use it i mean being able to move it seems the magnet itself seems kind of like a weird item to have it seems kind of you know a literal magnet well don't forget it's just a extension of the i guess yes place or it's whatever like, it is so it's he's not like carrying around a big metal u in his pocket i know it's just like it's just the literal magnet thing kind of like <laughs> like that looks like such a stand-in mm. it looks yeah. like almost like an evolution of the uh, dominion rod yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. Way the manipulation that. aspect of things, but also look like what you can do in Half Life Two. Uh, didn't play Half Life Two. Me either, but I've seen enough of it to know that you can just manipulate a lot of, or like even Portal. You know, just you can manipulate different aspects. Or no, can you? You can't. You can do a little bit of. There's a little physics manipulation, but yeah, you're talking about the gravity gun in Half Life Two. Yeah, which you could, exactly. You could make platforms and attack and stuff. Yeah, so it's essentially Link's version of that. Mm. But yeah, I'd be hoping for like some some mole mitts or something to like climb up things real fast or or dig save stamina anyway. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, just well, all sorts of things to help get around this huge world. I mean, I love what I'm seeing from that little. I don't think they're calling it a sailcloth, but it's essentially serving that purpose. Um, does that look like an owl on the back? The little, little uh, icon on it? That or the little creatures in the water? Creatures what were they called? The water? The Koroks? Yeah. Oh, those, those little guys? Sail? Okay. Majora's Mask? Could be. I don't know. I oh, remember. The, wait, and what, what Majora's Mask? Don't they give you the little... Isn't there a sail or... I can't remember. It's like a leaf or something, right? Yeah. Is that, 
you know, Chocolate or, Wind or Waker is the leaf. The leaf. Wind, Wind Waker is the leaf. I'm thinking of no. There's two little spinny propeller flower things in in Majora's Mask, right? Yeah. Well, it's oh, when, oh, from the Deku scrub mask. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. you only do it as the as the Deku scrub. Hmm. And then yeah, thing might be a Deku item, right? Maybe. Which would still fit with uh, the Koroks. Yep. Amy just calls them the Makar people. Oh. <laughs> so he gets all the credit, huh? Yep. And then whenever she sees him, she goes, because I guess they <laughs> kind of make a sound like that a little bit. Hmm. But that's neither here nor there. I guess there's no real good segue to this last point that, probably the last point that I feel I need to make. Uh, we've kind of touched upon a lot of my notes here, but the thing that makes me the most overjoyed is the fact that this might be finally finally the Zelda that has forests that are just plain trees. And you just you run through and it, it can get dense and there's a lot of trees in your way and you just navigate through them and when you exit, you don't know where you are necessarily or you might follow a, like a river landmark through a forest and to try to find your way to somewhere. And uh, I'm just so sick of the painted, you know, poly, pol, uh, pol, polygonal walls with a forest texture or you practice deforestation bring a bunch of axes with you and chop all the trees down i know really well wouldn't that be funny like we just chop down a straight line through a forest chop down the lost woods (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) ain't lost lost anymore yeah really no i was i was kind of taken aback by some of the like you know, or they're like, "Ah, hey, you can burn down all the trees, chop everything down, burn. lay waste to <laughs> scorch it's, the uh, earth. It's fun." What's your name from Wind, Wind Waker? Or not Wind Waker? Uh, Link's Awakening. Okay. Uh, uh, girl, character? Marin. Marin. Yes, it's it'd yeah. be the perfect game for her. You ever seen her use a fire rod, or no? Maybe burn something with her when you're leading oh. her. Yeah, she, gets, she reacts. Kind of scary. This uh, this this is a game of open possibilities. I'll tell you that. So, do you think like you walk, like you you walk into a dungeon, walk right out, the trees are back, right? That kind of thing. It's probably one of those situations where everything right? sets itself. <laughs> because otherwise, you'd probably screw yourself over pretty quickly if it was like, oh, I really need some apples, but I've completely deforested this entire I was thinking about that today is like what happens if you cut down every tree and you're just left with a branch to fight and then <laughs> and then that breaks and then you are you're out of branches yep Do I have but to wait? maybe maybe trees grow back after like so many day cycles or yeah. or maybe uh, something like that where you do enter a town or maybe like you don't really sleep obviously it goes day to night day to night maybe you can officially sleep and when you do that Resets things. Right. Um, or potions. I, say. I mean, even like uh, like pushing the boulders down down hills and stuff. You're probably going to want that boulder to be back at the top of the hill later, without having to like yeah. roll it back up yourself or something. Yeah, that's probably true. Unless you, it would be kind of a pain in the butt if you had to use your Dominion Rod tablet thing right. to like right. push it back. Right, which you can do, it looks like. Hashtag Audrey and Boldy. <laughs> I don't know how easy that would be to do. No. 
Or how far can you take that boulder? What if there's one boulder in the game and you have to use it in all puzzles? It looks like, I think they said, you know, when, when someone was running around with a boulder, someone was like, if you want, you can carry this boulder everywhere. Like, it sounded like you could... You can name, name it Wilson. Yes, you could name a boulder Wilson at the boulder. <laughs> and then beat the game with Wilson. You can beat Ganon with the boulder. <laughs> How so did like, you defeat him? Was it the Master Sword? No, I smashed him to death with a boulder. It he was, was sitting at the bottom of a hill. Yeah, <laughs> I just pulled it down on top of him. That would be amazing. He turned into a pancake. Imagine, imagine if Ganon just was roaming the land just like you, and if you came across him early enough, you could just roll the boulder over him and, and win. Oh, is that, that like Friday the 13th, the NES game? Jason's <laughs> everywhere. I never played. He is everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. It's a nightmare. Really? It's uh, so hard. Mm. Jason's all blue and purple. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And the kids so. have no face. And they're zombies yep. for some reason. Aren't you, and like, throwing daggers or rocks? Or boats? Yes. I think I'll leave that in the backlog then. Friend, friend <laughs> of mine rented it once. That's all I ever saw. There. So, back to Zelda. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, where do you want to go next, Stephen? Like I said, I mean, I pretty much tapped out of, of all that I can grab from the demo, from what I saw. All right. I mean, I, we could elaborate on, you know, how this blade of grass looked and that, you know, Flower looked. I mean, I just think the game looks I'm glad really. I noticed that blade of grass. I did. I, I wrote down about the art style. Yeah, that it looks like a Disney film. Okay. I heard Miyazaki. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does have. Well, it looks. It looks it has a bit of both. And uh, do you guys? Do you guys appreciate going back to this? Because some people won't. This is kind of a mix of Skyward Sword and Wind Waker, graphically. Uh, with, I mean, do you want that Ocarina of Time? Twilight Princess look. Would this I game thought, work in that? Sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I didn't think Skyward Sword looked that great. And that's probably just because it was the Wii. Mm. You know, it didn't have the, the top-notch graphical capabilities. Yeah. The colors look fine, but, you know, you look up close, it's very, eh, bland. This in high definition probably will look much better. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any problem with it. Like I said, it looks like a Disney film, like animation style. Yeah. Very nice. Well, the the animals in the beginning of the trailer, the them running away, the yes, yes, that kind of had a, a big old Disney, like Bambi's about to be shot kind of feel to it. Good. <laughs> yes, Bambi must be venison. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Kratos comes over and and shows you how to stab one of those. Do it nicely. Oh God! Yeah, I've never seen Kratos take such care in stabbing me, stabbing something. <laughs> we're not in the Nintendo part yet. We're not. We're not. No, it's true. <laughs> Do you think that there's going to be any uh, water travel? We, we saw like a shallow oh, yeah. lake or some sort of lake. Oh, there's a raft. There. Okay, I didn't catch Use that. A, uh, they they mentioned the uh, yeah. There's a raft. You can't carry a raft with you, but they're like you can I guess find or make rafts, hmm. and you can, you know, implausibly uh, push the sail by using a giant leaf. They even mentioned that. It was implausible that you could actually, you know, push a sail with a a leaf, you know, the 
Kind of like the leaf in uh, Wind Waker. Yeah. Right. But you had the they, really, they weren't mentioning any magic or anything like that. Yeah. No, he just needs a jar. Yes, the gust yeah. jar. Yeah. But do you think that we'll see any trains or uh, I don't boats? think we'll see trains. I think we'll oh, the, I hope not. Well, no boats. this oh. whole, they certainly did say there will be some emphasis on technology, so... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know about specifically trains or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, uh, at least some sort of civilization that was, you know, highly based on, like, I could see them walking around in little, little mechs or something. I know that might sound blasphemous, but if you, if you think about those, um, you know, that thing that's chasing you around, right? Those little, I forget what those, those are called, you know, from the original trailer. Something along those lines, kind of like robotic, but with a ancient look to it. Um, you know, I could see some very advanced, uh, so to speak, maybe technologies they just, like that. Maybe they slap a saddle on those and they just ride that. Yeah. I mean, we know that horseback riding is going to be a thing and probably a big thing. But can you mount other uh, other animals? And maybe you can hop on a turtle and just go really slowly. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Link riding a bear. Can you, can you mount the old man? I could imagine they could see... Uh, <laughs> I suppose they could be have like quick travel things, you know. There's people who like provide quick travel services or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey. I mean, you could ride on the boars in Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. right? So something like that, I think, would be uh, wouldn't be out of the question. I'm just really curious about the scope that they're going to continue to push because I think they really have held back a, a ton of stuff, obviously. But right. like, will animals get tired? Do they have stamina? You know, uh, maybe you have to switch animals, or maybe you you can only take a creature so far, and then you, I guess, I don't know, it depends on how many things you can ride. I don't think we'd see Link eating horse, but, like, what if you could ride a boar, and then you could kill the boar and eat it, and then, you know, find an animal, or just, I have no idea what the what the limitations are going to be. They haven't showed us the line yet. All they've done is blown open the doors, and that's exciting. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I remember... Thinking it was kind of weird that uh, in Twilight Princess, there's that boar on over the f- little fire pit, and uh, you know if you hack it enough, you you get hearts off of it, and then if you hack it completely, you get a heart piece from it. So <laughs> clearly, they're you know they're open to that sort of um, uh, realities of the food chain mm-hmm. uh, in their games. So, and I think certainly a game that's kind of that's clearly based on you know like hunting and gathering. Yeah, they're like saying that. that you can you can you can hunt, you can just gather if you want. Yeah. Well, there's multiple ways to get energy. You can yep. be a vegan if you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Terrible. Vegans. <laughs> well, but yeah, uh, apparently also they showed like you can you can make certain things that'll give you like temporary extra hearts. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Wait, temporary extra hearts? Well, like with the these yellow ones, right? Yeah, you start with three hearts, and then like he ate this kebab, and it gave him four extra yellow hearts. Until he lost them, and then he goes yeah, back to three. He got blowed up. Okay. <laughs> she got blowed up, and then she's like, "I was like, man, he's lucky she had those four extra hearts because she ended up like with a quarter of her quarter, one quarter of a heart left." Hmm. Well, that's good to know that. Yeah, that a bomb. That brings a question about 
heart pieces. Are there any heart pieces at all? That's what we were wondering about. I gotta imagine it's permanent. Yeah, they're permanent pro- upgrades. But right, is it is it is it going to be a traditional heart piece or is there something else to it? Is it like a super kebab that just lasts, like one filled with a lot of protein, so you don't get hungry <laughs> fast. Protein, you'll live forever. Um, and also, it's good to hear that a bomb would take off six and a three quarters or six and a half hearts or something. Like, there's hopefully there is a, a big risk, and you're not just taking quarter heart after quarter heart. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what led to it, but an explosion caused her to lose almost all her hearts. I was like, yeah. Could also like, we'll just like. be having early game armor, you know? Yeah. All right. It was weird seeing a link in plate. In the, some of the trailers, he had him in yeah. plate and stuff. Yeah, like, definitely. That's just weird. Um, I'm really excited about, like, like I love in um, Twilight Princess how you get the, you know, you've got the traditional green tunic, and then you've got the Zora blue one, right? And they have different uses, strengths, and weaknesses, so you use them at different times during the game. And I love sort of switching back as opposed to um, the games where it's kind of like you're just going to be green for a while, then you're going to be blue for a while, then you're going to be red for a while, or something like that. So I'm kind of looking forward to in this game where you've got, it looks like there's a lot of different specific uses for different armors, even just having to wear something thicker in the cold environments. You know, yeah, I gotta so, imagine like wearing like plate armor will be something you use for like larger enemies and enemies that use blunt force and then for faster ones you probably want like chain mail or something like that. Hmm. Good point. That's my I don't know all that much about armor or how it works necessarily, so that's my you know exceedingly uneducated opinion on the on the subject. <laughs> I still like the fact that that's a whole expandable thing. I mean, not not that we need to collect a ton of stuff, and I don't think you can necessarily hold on to a bunch of these different outfits, but it's kind of cool, this idea that, say, like in Wind Waker, when you have your your basic PJs and then you go to your tunic, that if the PJs mattered in some way, now now they do. And it's even broken down by shirts, shorts, you know, probably shoes, uh, maybe even a hat or something. You know. Oh, yeah. I bet there's hats. Yeah. But there's all sorts of whimsical hats. All sorts of you know, like a mushroom cap hat to look like a toad and that's, all sorts of Hey, that's a good way to use amiibo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I bet there's a million and one different little little things like that, you know, scan a Wario amiibo and get a little yellow tunic or something. I would not be surprised at all. Um, uh, there's a couple more things I have written down here. Uh, first of all, how do, you, how do you guys feel about the slowdown combat stuff? The sort of bullet time experience? And, uh, you know, is that something that looks like fun or does it seem kind of like it'll be annoying? Sort of They've had a version down? of that. For a while. Yeah, it's been in other games. Yeah, I'm used to it. Uh, talk me through this, because yeah, maybe I'm not just remembering it properly. In Wind Waker, it's like how you would counter. It's like the same thing. Yeah, this might be a little more elaborate. 
Okay. There might be right, more right, of a combo it, chance. Because even yeah. like it seems like you can, um, you know, they talked about when you like jump off of something, and if you pull out the bow and arrow, it'll. I go guess they want to give you a chance to actually perform these things instead of having to. Sure. Yeah. Right. So now that that part, Joe, you're talking about that is new. You, know, you couldn't do that before, but what what Lou was talking about was more about contact with enemies. Uh-huh. And how if you hit it in the right, in like the perfect way, you then okay. can have a chance for more hits and so you can kind of go in for more counter and things like that. So that, that's that been done, but you're right. This whole bullet time when you're jumping oh, off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something, like in the trailer, in the very first trailer we saw, the slowdown yes. as he was about to launch that yes. arrow. Um, I'm more than okay with that. It just kind of, it, I don't think it breaks the action so much. It just emphasizes it. And right. some games probably don't need it. Some games could use it. I think... The way they've shown so far looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it does shed some light on on what was going on in that first trailer, uh, and I'm I'm excited to be able to use specifically the bow, and obviously you know, I hope that other items will capitalize on this as well. But uh, I think it'll be really cool to be able to like pull off you know five five shots with the with the bow and arrow at once and. Uh, you know, take down enemies like that and, and do it, you know, dynamically jumping off of things. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure Red Steel or Red Steel 2 did it first, though, so gotta give credit to Red Steel. <laughs> do you guys even That's re- not a phrase you hear very often. Do you guys remember Red Steel? Not to digress, but... Yeah, I did not remember play the Red bull Steel. shots. It's like a, that's a game you try to forget. I played the second one, and I really liked it, though. Did you play the second one? I did, but I didn't find it as engrossing as oh, I wanted. It was just so, so sullied by the series at that point. I guess so. See, like, yeah, I, I had, like, I completely missed the first game, so it was totally... Lucky you. Dude. Yeah. Looks like a good concept, though. Back to Zelda. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the only red steel I want to see is a red sword in that game. I think we should keep a tally of what non-Zelda games we mentioned. We've got Friday the 13th, uh, red, steel. Uh, red Steel, Red Steel 2. Elder Scrolls uh, games. Yep. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, the other thing I was wondering about, uh, I was I wanted to see what w- was going to be revealed today about this game, insofar as what clues it might give us about the NX, uh, since this is one of the few games that we know is is releasing on the NX. Um, and I especially wanted to see how much this game seemed to require the gamepad or something like it because to me that is some sort of a clue that the NX will have something where either it's compatible with a separate handheld or maybe you can use a Wii U gamepad with it or there'll be a new controller like it but doesn't it seem to indicate that that functionality would would have to be there based on how integral it is to what we saw today? Well, what I saw regarding that, it might have been during one of the demos and not from like a third party, but uh, they've somebody has said that you can play this with the Pro Controller, this game. Oh, really? So that kind of actually takes away the idea that the NX or the Wii U have anything special as far as controls for it. They might, but it, it shouldn't be essential. Okay. Um, so it would just be a matter of kind of like pausing and bringing up that menu to you know drop uh pins on on parts of the map or something like that yeah probably or maybe 
maybe that's not an essential part of the game. Uh, well, on the Wii U, maybe what you would do is you would still hold it out. Like in uh, Pikmin uh, 3, you would still use the map, but you, you could play with the Wiimote Nunchuck, which is how I played it. So maybe the map is always the map, but it just that's all that the tablet does. And then on the NX, to your point, either there's a screen with it, uh, like you're maybe you're you're suspecting, or or yeah, maybe there's something else altogether. Maybe it just taps into your brain and you just think about it. <laughs> we don't know what the NX is. <laughs> oh dear. I suppose at this point, no theory is uh, too outlandish. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I do know. I guess a lot of the inventory management did seem to be right on the main screen, right? Because it kind of paused and came right over the action. And you kind of just slide over to pick. Yep, yep. You could do that by holding down the trigger button, you know, and then just pinning over really quick with the D-pad or the joystick and moving on. Yeah, I did like that. Um, I was was thinking about, like, the way that the, uh, some of those uh, Sheikah Slate items were used, but I suppose that if a pro controller has uh, some sort of uh, accelerometer gyroscope in it, that's all that's really required, right? Well, wait a second. What if Nintendo's going to release a peripheral called the Sheikah Slate, and you have to buy it, and it works with either the Wii U or the NX? <laughs> oh, God. They're crazy well, enough to do it. It's possible. Uh, but I don't own a Pro Controller, so I don't know. Is there that functionality inside of those? I would uh, imagine there I is. Think so. I, don't, I don't think there's a gyro in there. No, there isn't. Yeah, I no? think it's huh. it's as basic as uh, WaveBird, pretty much. It's just as a nice, sleek controller. Hmm. I don't know if it has rumble. It's got rumble. I Does believe. it? Okay. I, I, I'm so used to rumble. I guess I don't even notice it anymore in anything. I almost always turn it off nowadays. Hmm. Rumble is so 1996 or 97. Play it loud, <laughs> Stephen. Play it loud. <laughs> Um, so, so I don't know. I, I'm not sure it gives any definitive clues, Joe, to right, the NX. Yeah. But it's fun to think about. Yeah. Um, I think the only other thing that I wanted to say was something that I don't know if it was revealed. Like I had to step out a number of times during the, the day, as I'm sure many of you did as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was revealed earlier, but uh, just towards the end, before we signed on to this podcast, I saw the uh, the wolf. Wolf Link, which is going to be in the game via the Amiibo. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I think that that I don't know that it looks so cool. Like that, this rendering of that character of the Wolf Link character looks amazing, and I love the idea of traversing this big, huge world with like a fun little companion, almost like Pokemon, if you will. And uh, I like, and I'm also questioning like are they okay so in Hyrule Warriors right if you play as Midna if I'm not mistaken you get all these little wolf minions right and but they're not like Link they're just like wolves so is this supposed to be like the link from Twilight Princess has been summoned to this world, or... Oh, I was wondering about that myself. Or is it just a wolf that doesn't ever turn into a person, or is it purely just like... This is it's just, just an a, animal helper. 
Well, here's Mark. the weird thing, though. In the trailer on YouTube, it says, have Wolf Link hunt for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they could be referencing the Amiibo, but, I mean... It's right, even, they, they do call it. Even on the screen, yeah. it says Wolf Link. And he's got the chain on his leg, yeah. which no other wolf would have. So you really are right. somehow summoning that Link, which is bizarre. Right. What if you could get them all in there? <laughs> That'd be nuts. Now, it's possible that, you know, the people at Nintendo are just like, dude, don't overthink it. We just... No, we they're all a, saying that right now. We have a Wolf Link amiibo, and so you put it on the thing and you get Wolf Link, and it has nothing to do narratively with, you know, one universe or the other. But, I don't know. It's it just something I'm curious about. So what do, you, what do you guys think? How do you think they'll be handling this? And will we see, you know, like, could Sheik be a, you know... Scan your Sheik amiibo and she runs floors, around hunting. Nin- ninja-ing things. Ooh, I have a Sheik like amiibo. <laughs> yeah. I scan, scan your Zelda amiibo and the game ends because you saved her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly think it's just for it's just for fun because one thing that they're trying to do in most cases is not make amiibo required to make any meaningful impact. And I think that would just piss off fans. Oh, they've accomplished that. <laughs> well... In most cases, yeah. Um, I mean, Splatoon, I think, is an argu- argument you could make because of what unlocks with those amiibo. But uh, this is this is just a, a pure fun thing. It's I don't think there's a single character that will talk to the, or reference the the wolf. I think it's just seriously just going to be there as a as a as a helper. Hilarious! If you're talking to this like little kid and this wolf is running around and the kid's just totally oblivious. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. That would be awesome. Or maybe you can attack the kid. And then knock him over and stuff. You can do anything, Steven. Play it the way you want. I've got the um, exploration gameplay video out uh, by accident. I was trying to look at something else. And um, that Sheikah tablet, like you look through it like a Wii U pad or something. But you look through it and then you pretty much shoot a marker. I mean, can you, can you place a marker anywhere you want or do you have to shoot it? It looks like you can shoot it if you can see it, and then you can go to it. It like helps uh-huh. you. I may, uh, maybe the the icons help you remember places, but it looks like you can actually shoot a beacon to keep your direction when you're navigating. Yes, that's wild. Yes, yeah, I think that's so that like in in game when you're like, I want to go to that mountain, and then you may or may not be able to go there directly. You can kind of shoot a line of sight marker to it and that will put the big beacon thing and then you can navigate to it but in addition you can drop icons right on the map which i believe are entirely separate you don't need to be able to see them or anything like that. yeah i hope there's a that mountain in the game <laughs> right so the guide says go to that mountain and get the sword you know that place well i like it during the treehouse when i think it was Audrey or maybe Sam, they were talking about collecting items and, you know, how out of the box this this particular game is. They're like, don't worry, you're still gonna use the thing to get the thing or something like that. Like <laughs> you know, the, the the traditional Zelda dungeon experience of use the thing, get the new thing, use the thing. And I guess if they got rid of that, then what what's left? It's just a hack and slash at that point almost. Right. I don't want them to change all the, the tropes, but I think they've done a good job 
of balancing that so far. Yeah, I I mean, I'm amazed. I have, you know, this one very cynical friend of mine who's really down on Nintendo a lot, and he was like, hey, after right like here. 10 minutes, <laughs> no, well, not you. After like 10 minutes, he was like, I, I don't want to watch anymore because this is exactly what I was hoping for, and now I just want to buy the game and go into it fresh, so... Um, and it's at uh, another friend it's, that who is really hoping on that pro controller thing. So if that ends up being true, because she was like, she was like, the gamepad is too big for my wrists; they get tired after after playing after holding it for a while, which you would do in a game like Zelda. So she was really like, I really, really hope they have a, a pro controller support. And I was telling, I was like, eh, I wouldn't bet on it, but um, but you said. You saw something that did you say it was confirmation or just like yeah, implied or they, rumor? They or? spoke about it, I believe. Somebody did. I heard somebody say that today. And if I'm wrong, then let us know in the in the thread. Okay. But the was that somebody named Anuma? Uh no. <laughs> Although I really didn't understand anything he said because he had a translator, so. How do you pronounce his name, by the way? It seems like sometimes they say, like, Ionuma? Pinuma? It would be, um, <laughs> yeah, Aonuma. Aonuma? A, a okay. standalone is A, and O is uh, O. Okay. So, and then uh, that, that big guy is Reggie, right? Reggie. Guy? <laughs> uh, I think his name is Mr. <laughs> Pizza Hut. As I wanted, uh, I want pizza. Uh, it's so good, so greasy. So anyway, maybe we, um, maybe that's where we end it. That's my list. I think I covered everything. Good list. Do we want? What about the amiibos? They announced amiibos. Yeah, I don't oh. know if they did it during the stream, but they certainly got announced. Uh, let's take a quick break. Breaking news. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll start with the amiibo okay. talk. Steven needs to collect him. I need I need to go get my uh, my the mockups I made of the amiibo out of clay. I did it all ten today, so let me just get those. We can talk about them. And uh, now let's just take a quick break. We'll jump into the amiibo discussion in general, and we'll start with the Zelda amiibo. So we'll be right back. Everybody, we are here for part two of the Negative World Podcast E3 2016 edition. Uh, this next part is going to be a bit more broken up, so we're just going to kind of roll between them all uh, very ineloquently, probably. We're going to start off though where Joe left us off before, and it's the amiibo. 
I honestly, amiibo. I kind of forgot about amiibo today, and I didn't like. I was wow. kind of wondering if there'd be a new amiibo discussed, but I completely forgot about it. So when I saw my Twitter feed pop up with the amiibo and the fact that the Mario amiibo were available for pre-order suddenly today too, um, they probably still are if you go check it out. But uh, I was quite pleased and also frustrated because I'm trying to watch my budget a lot more, and amiibo is kind of a money suck for me. But uh, let's talk about the Zelda Amiibo. It kind of was an inevitable thing. I don't think that these three Amiibo are the, are the only Amiibo that they might release for the game. But uh, they announced... I don't know what the official names are, but they announced the kind of just typical Link uh, with his bow. They have Link on a horse, uh, which may be a Pona. I'm not entirely sure, but it's hooded Link. And then they also have that kind of uh, tentacle creature... And that's obviously the most amazing one because not only, not only is it huge, but the uh, you know it's got all the different tentacles on, it. and I think those actually might even move. I think they're they're posable, yes. Yeah, so that's even crazier. So a posable amiibo. Uh, what do you guys think of of this? Uh, let's just go in order. Um, Chris, neat. <laughs> I mean, neat. I ha- I have some amiibo, but I'm not a huge into them like a lot of people are. I might buy something like that just because it's kind of neat. Do you feel compelled to buy all three, or would you maybe just get the the, the bad guy, the creature, and maybe one of the links? Or yeah, I haven't bought any Zelda amiibo. Well, I only got one Zelda amiibo. That's when it came with Twilight Princess. So okay, I wonder if I felt compelled like to buy the Isabella amiibos. Yeah, <laughs> they're Isabella amiibos. She brainwashes us all. Yes, uh, Lou. What about you? Uh, it depends on what they do. Okay, that's a good point. So we don't really know what the functionality is, do we? I mean, I look at Amiibo yeah. from the the statuesque uh, point of view, typically. But you're right. I mean, I do kind of expect some sort of functionality. And we know that the Wolf Link Amiibo works in Zelda, but how the hell are the rest? So, very good point. Which one's your right. favorite as far as design? I haven't seen any of them, but I'll go with the Tentacle Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the first time in history someone said that. Uh, so, Joe, how do you feel about the the three Zelda amiibo? Oh, man, this is... What a great question. It's like I'm getting asked it for the first time. Um, so, the way that I feel about it is probably the opposite from a, a lot of folks. In that, I, that The Guardian one's not, not really doing it for me. It just... Uh, I mean, it looks cool, but uh, it's not something I think I would want to own. Um, but both of the Link ones look really cool. Uh, both the Archer one and the Rider one, as I believe they're called. Um, that makes sense. I wouldn't mind owning both of them. I don't know, you know, financially, I think I would probably try to ultimately pick one. And right now I'm not really sure which one that would be. Um, the Rider one is probably more unique because I, you know, it's got the hood up and everything looks pretty neat um but yeah aside from that uh probably like lou said i'd want to wait and see what they do so but i think they look really good and as you know i'm not you know the most uh rabid amiibo collector so uh but i am interested in them i think they look good okay so besides the the Zelda Amiibo, they announced, I believe it's seven. I don't have the list in front of me, so this is going off memory, but they announced seven more in the Mario series, which I guess makes sense. I, I'm, 
I guess it kind of coincides with Color Splash, and they announced a, a Mario Party game. So I suppose it makes sense, but it could be just them trying to keep that going for a while. However, that said, I think I want most of them. We've got Wario in his classic outfit, and Waluigi in his classic outfit, but uh, those are pretty cool to me. They've got Daisy, you've got Rosalina, you've got um, Boo. So the other, the last two are another Donkey Kong. Well, he, he hasn't had his, his Mario pose yet, but Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. And have you guys seen these yet? Like the actual, how they look? No. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have actually. Nope. I think about it. So I think Wario is really cool. Wario and, Wario and Waluigi are kind of like flexing um, with varying degrees of success. And uh, those look really good. Donkey Kong looks pretty sharp. He looks just so much more classic than his Smash Brothers amiibo. And Diddy Kong looks cool as hell. He's sitting on a barrel, and he's kind of happily clapping. So he's kind of a must-buy for me. And then you've got Boo, which is just floating there like a lot of other Boo toys you've seen. But this one, this amiibo glows in the dark. I don't know if you guys caught that. News. I'm getting that one. Yeah. That is kind of neat. Catch that. Yeah. I like that they're trying these new things with the amiibo. You know, they've got the, the, the posable arms of the one... You've got the glow-in-the-dark boo. I think that's pretty slick. Rosalina and Daisy, they look pretty typical, but I probably could hold off on the Rosalina since I already have one. Uh, but Daisy probably seems like a good idea, although she looks so much like a reskin of Peach because, I mean, they kind of are character-wise. But uh, let's So let's go through. Um, Chris, of these, which ones would you buy? I don't know. Uh, I really probably wouldn't buy any of them, to be entirely honest. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Lou, would you buy any of these? Just, I guess, you I haven't seen I them. I so. my pleasure for the... Uh, for the boo? I voiced my pleasure for the boo just on uh, the fact that it glows in the dark. You know, but the boo has something that people seem to complain about, and eh, to some degree, rightfully so. You know how some of these amiibos have like the the clear plastic that helps hold it up or helps hold it to yeah. the base, and some people really hate that and they feel that there should always be a way that you can have an amiibo that doesn't need it. I don't know if that's really true. I mean, maybe you can, but I think you get certain poses that are really uh, cool otherwise. Go ahead. Right, right. Uh, I I don't think you heard me though. I I think I said it glows in the dark. <laughs> I heard you. I heard your brother. That, that's the only thing that matters. It well, glows in the dark. Well, you could dip any amiibo into glow-in-the-dark paint, and it would glow in the dark. It glows in the dark. <laughs> we should get some Zelda amiibo and dip them so they glow in the dark, and then you'll buy them off us. I'm going to dip you in the glow-in-the-dark. <laughs> <laughs> that will make it easy to navigate my house at night. So, that's okay. Why don't we just have car paint? <laughs> That'd be kind of trippy. Oh, it would look Tron-like. I mean, wouldn't that Ooh. make it easier for people to see other cars at night? Maybe. Isn't that possible? So, I'm probably not going to get any of these either. Um, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> Alright, so the Amiibo lives only with me. Alright. Uh, yeah. As far as the hype. but um, I think it's good that they're there because I think Something I've said about Amiibo in the past is it's cool, let's say, if you're a fan of 
Daisy or Waluigi or something, your odds of getting a sweet figurine were low. Yeah. But now you get that opportunity. So. And even with the world of Nintendo line of toys, I think Nintendo's Amiibo still to some degree out achieves kind of the, the quality aspect of it. Mm. Um, there was I, I have a Fire Mario character that I have at work, and every single Fire Mario that I looked at when I was picking one out had some sort of like blue moldy looking thing on his nose because the paint smudged or something in the assembly line. Like they just have so many flaws that you don't see with uh, with Amiibo. So I appreciate the craftsmanship, but that said, for me with this Amiibo stuff, I think I would focus on the Zelda more than the Mario ones at this point. But after letting some of the Kirby ones go, at least for now, in hopes that they drop really cheaply, like the Animal Crossing ones did, because I got burned on that. You know, getting all those up up front, and then the prices have hit such rock bottom pricing that uh, I think I'm going to start holding off more. Playing the waiting game, maybe not being so concerned about having complete collections. Because with Smash Brothers, that's what I really wanted to complete. So when Cloud, uh, which come to think of it, Cloud and Bayonetta didn't get uh, their Amiibos announced at E3. Not yet, anyway. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. When do you think that's going to happen? Uh, better happen soon. Yeah. It seems kind of weird to wait that long, right? Unless the NX is really going to get its version of Smash Brothers and they're going to do that to you know, release them then to coincide. Just to keep the hype up. Bayonetta. I don't know. But new Amiibo, it's kind of exciting. Kind of not. Certain ones more than others. I guess we can move on from that. And uh, while Amiibo kind of takes a lot of money, you can save some money with uh, the big old sale that they got going on right now for Wii U and 3DS games. And if you're a My Nintendo person like me you actually get another 10 percent off so that's pretty cool what yeah are you guys all signed up with my nintendo mm-hmm. yes then it's another 10 percent off of up to 40 percent normally so a lot of sales a lot of games i got the big list in front of me um obviously like a bunch of zelda games are cheap uh pokemon pinball a bunch of those kind of games splatoon is down to 45 bucks uh, if you want to buy it digitally, oh. which is one of the better pricings right now, because I was looking to try to get a second copy so my girlfriend and I can play against each other in the same house. And um, it's just too costly to bother with that, though. Uh, Pip Mario, I'm presuming that's the N64 version, is down to 6 bucks. Uh, Mutant Muds is on sale. Shantae, Risky's Revenge. I definitely recommend Shantae if you haven't... Uh bought that or anything, so... I think yeah. I might have got that with um, a recent Humble Bundle. Was that in well, the that recent... It would have been Pirate I did. Curse. Which one yeah. is this? Oh, okay. This is Risky's Revenge. Yeah. Director's Cut. Oh. So that's worth it, huh? Yes. They're both very, very good games. <laughs> oh, man. I think I could drop five bucks. Even Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate is $19.99. What? Sure. Yeah. Project Cross Zone 2. I believe it was Game Dad Grant who was talking that up in the last show. And GDG. Uh, so anyway, there's Nintendo sales. Uh, besides the sales, the Amiibo, Pokemon, and Zelda, they haven't really talked about much else. Mm, Color Splash got its uh, release date announced. October 7th. October 7th, okay. That's a good position for it, I think. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Although, 
They didn't say anything new about it, did they? Nope. They just gave it a <laughs> release date, as far as I know. They probably just re-released the trailer they showed us months ago and then just put October 7th at the end. <laughs> Somebody got a, you know, nice editing editing job out of that. But um, I am concerned with that game. I will speak that out, that it's going to be too close to Sticker Star in some of the aspects, gameplay-wise. But I think it looks beautiful, and I I just hope that it's... that I, I All I want is that battles should matter more. Really, it's what I want. I think Sticker Star really kind of undermined it. And uh, that's it. That's all I want. So I think it looks great, though. I think I'll take a gamble and nab a pre-order. I think there's a new Mario Party. That was announced. Oh, dear. Is that true? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you guys feel feel that that even matters anymore? Is Mario Party a viable franchise? Or is it... It's Mario Party Star Rush was announced for the 3DS. It needs to be online. If it was online, that might be cool. Yes. Yeah, so all they've said about Mario Party Star Rush is that it features new gameplay changes to make it more portable-friendly, including all players moving at once rather than having to wait their turn. Oh, so that, that's the same old shtick. Frankly, I, I liked it when they split us up, but... Yeah, I think most people did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was Mario Party 9 that started that, or maybe it was 8, but I played 9. I thought that was okay. I didn't mind that we were all together. There were certain aspects of it, but I, I still prefer like the Mario Party 2 style. So, you know, let's uh, we, we we have the good Zelda discussion. We have the good Pokemon discussion. Let's let's take this into another direction because I thought, and I, I almost hate to say this, either I'm growing up or for some reason they just did better this time. But I think that Microsoft and Sony had some really good shows this year. I think all three parties did good for what they were trying to do. It's just Nintendo was clearly being less ambitious with their you know whole corporate line and everything and what they were going for uh mm-hmm. holding the nx back but obviously i think they did okay with zelda but uh yeah microsoft and sony i think did fantastic jobs and um i don't i know you guys had varying degrees of what you saw uh if you don't mind i guess we'll just go chronologically we'll start with microsoft's uh conference and um so who here watched that i did not okay uh, Chris, you had watched Sony, but I, I did not watch any. I didn't watch any conferences. Okay, um, I just watched trailers. And Joe, you didn't watch any of the Nintendo stuff. No. As far as Microsoft's concerned, I guess I will, you know, spit some rhymes here, and uh, then we'll switch it over to Sony. But um, as far as stuff that I thought was really cool, uh, it was cool to see some indie games like Cuphead, Flint Hook. Do you guys know if that's going to be just Microsoft or if that's going to be all? systems i don't know it looks kind of like shovel knight in the sense of it's got that old school uh pixelated look but uh, i guess it's called the flint hook probably but it's like a hook shot and it's like one of your main weapons and you also traverse the world with it and it's kind of screen based like Mega Man style but not exactly uh hard to explain but check it out um now stardew valley i took notes about that but then they announced it for the wii u so I'm uh, pretty stoked that that's going to be coming. The oh. Harvest Moon clone. Yeah. Clone uh, yeah, or... I saw that, yeah. It's been so long since a good Harvest Moon that I don't even know if you call it a clone as much as a uh, rekindling of, of that flavor. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, Rare, Sea of Thieves, which is apparently some sort of multiplayer online 
pirate pillaging game. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it seems like obviously that that'll be Xbox only, considering uh, they're owned by Microsoft. And and what it looks like, it's somewhat cartoony, but the the trailer they showed was they kept cutting back and forth to the different people with their headsets and everything. But uh, one guy, there was a hole in the boat as they were on the sea, so he's like trying to plug the boat and waters. They're taking on water. Another time they're kind of pulling up the sails, and it seems like a, almost like a pirate sim, but probably a little more cartoony and, and action-packed. But uh, they came across other pirate ships. They came across land. It actually seemed kind of cool, I'll be honest. But um, i got to see more to really understand it. Something important that I thought that Microsoft had that really won me over was the play it again uh, aspect, where they wanted to focus that when you buy a game on the Xbox One, you automatically own it on Windows. And now that doesn't help me because I'm a P- uh, I'm a Mac user, but the fact that they are essentially promoting cross-buy as like a, a a main feature of their company that's huge. And we've seen that's pretty cool. Yeah, we've seen Nintendo dabble in it. Cross-buy, I think, is an important thing for Nintendo to apply with the 3DS and the Wii U and, and whatever the future of those console lines uh, ends up being. So I'm hoping that this Microsoft move is going to be a challenge to that. Agreed. Uh, let's see what else. They had State of Decay 2, which probably bores a lot of people, but it would look like kind of like a uh, Left 4 Dead kind of zombie game, which I haven't played one of those in a while, so I, I like that. Final Fantasy 15 looked pretty cool. That was uh, I don't even know if that was announced at all prior. I think that was a surprise. Have we heard anything about that before? Uh, I feel like it's been announced before. So the last thing I'll say here, they, they mentioned, well, second to last thing, they mentioned Project Scorpio, which is like their next next console. It's supposed to have, uh, it's supposed to be the most powerful console ever made. I think it's supposed to have all its VR set up and all, you know, uh. it's competing with Sony directly pretty much. But in the meantime, they're going to have the Xbox One S, and that's what I might look into picking up. Um, but uh, the thing that I thought was kind of funny, and this relates back to Nintendo, they only mentioned it briefly, but Xbox Live is now going to have what's called Clubs, which pretty much sounds like Miiverse for Xbox. Ah. Where the, you know you can go to each game has its club, and you can go talk to your friends on the club. And oh. it's essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's Xbox Miiverse. Live got Miiverse, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. I made a comment about it on Twitter, and I wasn't necessarily being snarky because I don't. It's it's cool that they're going to copy it off that, but uh, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, at least Nintendo kind of drove paved the way for that a little bit. I think yeah. Miiverse is a really cool feature, you know, for what it is. So, right. but yeah, so I thought Microsoft had a pretty cool cool showing. If that's it, then we can move over to Sony. And uh, sure. I took a bunch of notes, but Lou, I will uh, throw it Go to ahead. you. I mean, okay, sure. Um, either drop in if you if, if I mention something that you liked, or uh, I definitely want to hear your overall thoughts afterwards. But Sony, I watched that yeah. today, and um, I've never followed God of War ever. I've known yeah. of the character. I know he cameos in a billion different games. I feel like uh, fighting games and yep. stuff. This Kratos guy, but uh, man, that demo of him, like, and I guess his son. Or a stepson, I don't know. I think in a yeah, he's like an him. adopted son, yeah, or something. Sorts. Um, but it was actually a really neat demo, and I thought that the way that uh, you go from kind of quote unquote cutscene to action felt way more organic than some of these other games where you feel like you're just playing a cutscene. 
This felt more yeah. like the world was just alive and the, the con- contextual menu was just hidden. So I thought that was really neat the whole way through. I was really engrossed. I suddenly care about God of War. If I could play it on Nintendo, <laughs> I would definitely buy it. <laughs> well, well, go ahead, Chris. Can you kill? I mean, I haven't watched like a whole lot of gameplay footage, but is it, is it how many gods are left to kill? I mean, <laughs> They're working on killing the god of uh, dust collection and the god <laughs> of joint pain. Uh, <laughs> the god of joint pain. Well, knowing Greece, knowing Greek, Greek, Greece mythology and stuff, there probably was a uh, oh, definitely god of some absurd thing like that. Yep. God of planters warts. Is that what the original God of War is about? Is just killing like Kratos well, and killing other gods? The third one basically he pretty much kills the upper level of the pantheon. <laughs> okay. Everybody basically if they're important if they're important they probably died. Okay. <laughs> it basically causes an apocalypse. Okay. So now in this either sequel or prequel or something, he's suddenly it's, nurturing a child. He's um, so obviously things turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, again, it was. I just loved the way that the whole narrative worked out. And I, you know, Guillaume, uh, he mentioned on Twitter about kind of this whole idea of having that NPC following you around and everything. And uh, I can't recall if it was anyone on the panel here um, who commented back. Somebody did, but uh, or it might have been Pokey Freak Nine One One. But somebody said to him about how you know the the, car- the kid wasn't really able to be hurt. He wasn't you know like a weakling that you had to protect. So it was. I felt that was pretty cool that you were kind of relying on him in the same way that um, in, uh, uh, I think it's Wind Waker, how Zelda kind of helps out in the end battle. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it felt like that, especially because with the arrows and everything. So I thought it was just really organic how they did it. I liked the different enemies that they were encountering. And uh, I thought it was really cool how just the, the, the world was changing around them as they were fighting because the ice shelf that they were standing on starts breaking apart. But I feel like you still, like, it, you almost could trip into the water. That's how, it wasn't just like a, a texture changing. It, it just felt so organically done. I was really just impressed with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be interesting nice to see where they go with that and stuff in the future. Cause, yeah. You know, I like God of War games. and Those have always been just on Sony, though? Yeah, they've, they're a Sony-exclusive franchise. Yeah. They, they had day, Days Gone. Was another game on the Sony conference, which looked like a pseudo sequel to The Last of Us with bikers. Yes, um, I'm a little skeptical about the fact that it's just all this horde stuff. I mean, I, I get that horde zombies and fast zombies are are scary and exciting. Um, I don't like the idea of just having to blast big, you know, piles of of zombies away. I like to be a little bit more thought out, but that could have been just for the trailer. If the narrative is there, so. if the narrative is there that from The Last of Us. And I don't even know if it's the same team, but if it's anything like that game, that game was amazing. I did borrow my my brother in law's PlayStation before I ended up buying it, but uh, to play that game, it was fantastic. So um, mm-hmm. Days Gone looked pretty good to me. I, I played that one as well. Or I'm talking about The Last of Us, I yeah. played that one. Loved it. It's great. Yeah, honestly, I'm a huge Nintendo fan, but Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time, hands down. But like you said, that horde stuff, and if you watch the the end of the conference they showed like the guy playing and running away from the giant horde that's just ridiculous yeah exactly and and i don't it, i don't know maybe it's a certain kind of stress i don't know if i want to um 
to like, although it's kind of cool, but it looks like he's running yeah. away from one horde. He sees another one coming, but if, it's scripted, of course. So then he yeah. ducks under a truck that's kind of fallen over and he skirts out there. And then just, there's hordes at every turn. I don't know if I like that necessarily, but, uh, uh, but you know, we'll see how the game progresses. Uh, yeah. Chris, you mentioned this one on the, uh, during the break, but the last guardian. Oh yeah. The, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus are my two two of my favorite games on the PlayStation Two, and I bought a PS3 for the follow up. Six believe, seven years later, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Zero did as well. And it looks spectacular. It's just I'm not sure exactly. It's gonna be like looks like a mix of Ico's gameplay with some Shadow of the Colossus stuff, but we haven't seen a whole lot yet. I'm kind of holding out on that. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the hell the gameplay is or the story, I think it looks fantastic. It's, it's, It'd be interesting it's, to see how that gargoyle thing, beast thingy, is you know plays into the game oh, and how they cooperate. It looks like a dog. I don't know what it's supposed to be necessarily, like a griffin or some sort, but Peter Griffin. No, <laughs> no not, not Peter Griffin. <laughs> that would change. Peter Griffin would not be very useful. It would change a lot. No. 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 <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, you know, I. Well, I, the last thing I'll say about that, that's coming out in October. Um, and I can totally see why Andrew, you know, Zero has been following it for, for some time and he talks so highly of it. I mean, that trailer was just amazing. It was beautiful. It was art. Yeah. If there. I think particularly the first Ico is if you want a you know a game from a major company that you consider as an example of gaming as the art of gaming, that would be it. It's tells a story in a more you know environmental way rather than you know kind of force you into cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, everything feels really natural. So just kind of speeding along here. Uh... There's a few games that I just didn't think that were that special, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, oh. Just didn't grab me. I wrote down that it's like a super sci-fi Zelda, and she's the female Link, and she I, talks too much. I heard I heard a bit of that comparison. Um, maybe I was just too distracted too. I'm looking forward to that. I I, I like the look of that game. Now With what are the giant Robo animals for some reason? Yeah. Well, speaking of Robos. Uh, I was appreciated that uh, a game is based in Detroit and actually is intending to be good. Ah. Uh, there's Detroit Become Human. Yep. Which is um, like a choose your own adventure almost. Or like, you know, kind of like, like Heavy Rain. Yeah, like Heavy Rain, but it's supposed to be even more choose your own adventure. Like every decision matters and it changes your whole scope. And they showed like four or five or more different endings for that one scene right. to take place. Uh, so now, that's intriguing. I, I wonder, is that the game, just that one scene, or are there more scenes to it? Because otherwise, it's just a half-hour game you could replay dozens of times to get different endings. I would presume I that it's. Wait. I would presume it's more than that, but the question does. So. But the question does beg: How many scenes can you do to where you have just too many damn options? <laughs> I mean, right, right. They should just call it multiverse and be done with it. But uh, but it's it's a cool concept. Um, not to knock it, it was also a cool concept when uh, 
Neil Patrick Harris did a autobiography in the same manner. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I am aware of that one. Yeah, that's a creative way to do it. But uh, so what else? Um, Resident Evil Seven kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. Resident Evil Seven Biohazard, or is it called in Japan Biohazard Seven Resident Evil? Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> that true? Yes. That's from what I understand. Wow. They are doing it that way. Hilarious. Interesting. So I have nothing to say about what the game's like, other than that the demo teaser thingy they gave us yeah. is appropriately creepy as all hell. Yeah, it looks a lot like Silent Hill. Yeah, I thought it was. I think it would be more Silent Hilly appropriate, considering there's mannequins everywhere. And just yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't have the Resident Evil feel. Plus, it was first person. Uh, because the whole game's PlayStation VR compatible, which that was at that point they pushed into that. The VR is coming out in mid October. It's going to be four hundred dollars. Fifty games nice. or so are going to be used for it. Yeah, um, I'm not on the bandwagon, but as a big Nintendo fan, I'm used to lagging behind. So you know, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't attract me. If it's me scary, now. if it's scary again, then that'll be great because we've been missing really scary games from these horror franchises now. Yeah. And there's a if lot of that. If we're not getting PT, we might as well get uh, or Silent Hills, we might as well get something like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the last things here that I had for... Oh, there's a back to this page. I forgot I took notes in the back, but eh, it's just a bunch of... Here's what happened. Nothing, nothing important. Really, they showed off a few more VR stuff. The Star Wars game... I mean, we've done cockpit Star Wars before. I guess it's more enhanced in VR. Uh, it showed off Final Fantasy XV. They showed off two blah as fuck Call of Duties. Hmm. So, <laughs> well, the, what are that thing Kojima's doing now with Norman Reedus? Did he? Get, yeah, that did was they, weird. I heard people saying he gave birth to something. Yeah, he, there's some sort of connection with a naked baby and a naked Norman Reedus, and I I didn't follow it. I didn't really. It didn't really catch me. There's I'm not no really sure what the show. Norman Reedus is, but I just, that's all I heard his name with. Oh, man, you don't watch The Walking Dead, then. No, I don't. Yeah, he's uh, he's Daryl Dixon Darryl. on the show. Oh, he's Daryl, okay. Yeah. And he's a huge Made favorite. character. Yeah. He's also in uh, The Boondock Saints, that actor. Oh. Uh, so, um, but he's he's really big now because of Walking Dead, so. he's uh, It's one of those games where his likeness is fully absorbed into the game, and his voice, obviously, and everything, like they did with Ellen Page in that one game. Um, so... Yeah, that's cool and all. I'm a big Walking Dead fan, but it, him being in there, I, I'm not so much attracted by the whole let's have the actor really be in the game kind of thing. It actually drags me out of it a little bit. Yeah, it's a little weird. What if it's um, the guy from the first Spider-Man? Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> he was um, also in that Ellen Page that, game. That oh. new Spider-Man looks kind of interesting. You know, I don't know what the, the gameplay is supposed to be like, but from graphically, it looked very beautiful. It looks like it's, it's nice being made by Insomniac. Oh. So it's now, in well, better hands than it ha- Spider-Man has been in. That's what I've been hearing, so I, I think that's actually pretty neat. Um, you know what? I This is such a dick of me to comment this. Back in Kojima, he totally missed his entrance. Like, he was... The whole the whole floor was like... The the walkway was being generated by the, the you know, the, the graphic panels or whatever to, to be like he was walking on a sidewalk that was growing as he walked on it and he just was a step ahead like the whole time and it bugged the shit out of me but that's just a minor <laughs> minor quip 
But it's like, hey, that's timing. just him, man. He's, Stage timing. He's a step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. And, I mean, the other big thing was Crash Bandicoot is being uh, like remade or remaking the games. I never really got into it because I wasn't a PlayStation kid growing up. But uh, that's kind of cool, though, for fans of that. Now, when they have a Twisted Metal reboot, call me. <laughs> but alas, uh, any other comments from you guys? Uh, did I miss anything, Lou? No, sir. You hit it all. Okay. I guess I do take all right notes, huh? Good job. You do a great job with notes. Well, thank you. So, this is a bit weird for us to finish a podcast with Nintendo stuff, especially like, you know, 20 minutes of it. But, uh. Amiibo! But I think hey. it's. Sorry. I just think it's. I, I think I wanted to do it, though, partially to show my appreciation for what I had saw, but I'm kind of sick of this whole. You know, they do what Nintendo don't, or, you know, Nintendo's doing this better than the competitors. I think, in my head, Nintendo separated themselves into this kind of. This is the Nintendo camp, and then there's the other guys, and I can be happy with everyone succeeding. You know, I want yeah. everyone to be. It's it's just good games for everybody, right? Yep, agreed. So, I, I didn't feel that we needed to not talk about it or, or to compare it to Nintendo. Nintendo, like I said, Nintendo did their stuff really well. I love the Zelda footage. Even Pokemon was kind of interesting to me. Um, but Microsoft and Sony did great jobs as well. I don't think that anyone won E3, and I hope to God that whole trope is over with. I haven't seen it, it much online, be. but yeah, you're right. There's probably a whole nest somewhere in the internet that's bitching about it and arguing over it, but um, <laughs> if anyone won E3, it's ukulele. <laughs> so, I mean, they're on all consoles, and I can't freaking wait for that game, so... Uh, anyway, uh, any last thoughts from anybody before we wrap things up? Um, you know, let's all go enjoy a nice glass of turnip juice. <laughs> no. You know what? Here, here's how we're going to end it. Uh, tell me your favorite part of E3 today. from uh, Or today or yesterday. Or any, anything from any of the shows, just your favorite aspect of it. Uh, we'll start with Chris, if he doesn't mind. I'll be honest, it's the Zelda trailer. I'm, I'm always excited for Zelda. And Lou? I would say the actual Zelda gameplay footage that they showed. Okay. And Joe. Wolf Link. Hooray. I actually verbally said, whoa, when it popped up on the screen. So, hmm. You know, I had uh, had a mental whoa when I checked it out during the show. You know, right now. Because I, I didn't see it till now. So it looks good. I think for me, it was... Um, Probably the gameplay from Zelda as well, but just, I mean, I'm a sucker for this sort of thing, but just when Link ran up to that ledge and you just see the freaking world in front of you, I mean, I've done that, I've been to the mountains and the Appalachian Mountains, and I've done that same kind of thing, and it's just, it's amazing, you know, to, to take that all in, so, very cool, uh, I can't wait for that Nintendo Direct where we finally hear about the NX, but God knows how long that is. Uh, from us right now, but um, but you know whatever. I think uh, we can end the show here, and mm-hmm. um, we're out of time. But uh, we really would like for you guys to comment on what you've heard. Uh, E3 is kind of hot right now, so let us know what you feel about it. You can do so by visiting us at negativeworld.org. Just find the thread associated with this episode. And if you're not a subscriber to Negative World, uh, you can reach us through Facebook. Uh, search for at or search for negativeworld.org, and Twitter is at negative underscore world. 
Uh, thanks to Chris and Lou for guesting with Joe and I. Yay. Thanks, guys. And good job. Love it. Good to have you Fun guys times. on. Good being back. And uh, and Joe, thank you, of course, as always, for co-hosting. Thank you, as always. Thanks for taking good notes. <laughs> I do what I do. They're not on a spreadsheet, though. I know. Oh. Well, you know, there'll be another one that. soon, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I guess the last thing that I'll say is uh, keep a listen out for the next Euphonic, which is going to be a special edition episode uh, that's kind of more game show than anything, and uh, it's going to involve a very special selection of music that I will not reveal just yet, um, as I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I've got a special special little lot of uh, music to share. So, Will people have to pre-order to get the special edition? No, the special edition comes to every single subscriber. Okay, it, it's more expensive, though. No, no, just as free as always. What if I pre-order at GameStop? If you pre-order at GameStop, you actually are not allowed to listen to it, because you're feeding oh. the machine. How do I get the official Steven Amiibo? Uh, pay me 50 bucks and I'll carve one for you. <laughs> what if I want a Joe Amiibo? Uh, me, those are me, only on the black market, I think. Pay oh, me uh, a thousand bucks and I'll use some molds of, to... Made of pure lead. Pure lead. <laughs> Painted with lead paint? Yep. Ooh. <laughs> and asbestos with base. Asbestos. <laughs> as they call yeah. it in the industry. Can't wait to get mesothelioma and never catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 So what what did you last hear? Joe? <laughs> did you just pop yes. back in? Hello? What's that? You popped on just to disappear again, I think. Um, can you hear us? Hello? Oh, fuck. I can hear you. Okay, you can hear us, but you can't... Wait, so you can hear us, and we can hear you. Then why are... <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> then why aren't we recording? <laughs> Oh, jeez.